everybody this episode of star trek the next conversation is brought to you by the ripley's believe it or not museum and auditorium in hollywood california it's at hollywood and highland the crossroads of entertainment if you're looking for something to do to entertain yourself and a loved one maybe the whole family why not head over to one of those tourist attractions you go man i've never been in there but i always wanted to make now the time you go in Thanks to the buy one, get one offer, it's two people for $20 after 5.30 p.m. All you got to do is tell them that you listen to Star Trek The Next Conversation, and they'll ask you if they believe it, and you'll say, or not. You don't have to do the second half. Anyway, two for $20 at 5.30 p.m. It's a deal. It's brought to you by our one and only sponsor, Make Us Happy by Making Them Happy. Head on over to Hollywood and Highland Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium in Hollywood. And tell them Matt and Andy sent you. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the galaxy's number one podcast that is currently discussing Q-Pid. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. Uh, <clears throat> Alright, Andy, no, they don't have to watch this, but why not? Go ahead. Matt. Whatever you want to do to yourself is up to you. Should they watch this episode? <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say watch it either. <laughs> if you can possibly avoid it, it's one of those episodes that has like um, you know two and a half memorable almost jokes, and then and then the rest is like, what is what is happening? That is, that was my main question. Yeah, I kept thinking there was going to be some reveal, like oh nope. they're acting crazy because nope of X nope. But X did not present itself. Nope. Instead, we were left asking why. Um, Matt, yes, uh, I got some news. Okay, I like news. News is exciting. I what feel like got? it should go right here at the top. Top of the show news, everybody. Top of the show news. Um, you're, uh, you're of course, well aware of the, uh, the Patreon counter. Uh, I'm aware of its existence. I don't check it as frequently as someone who must update the Instagram as often as Andy must. Sure. So, uh, so just to fill everybody in, um, there's a there's a Patreon counter uh, on the uh, on our Patreon uh, Patreon uh, dot com forward slash Star Trek TNC where we have our bonus pod, pod, uh, content, and uh, because I I am purely in charge and have authority over our Instagram. Um, and uh, we've had a, a big difference of opinion, both between me and Matt and many of our listeners. Our difference of opinion is that I think stuff should go up um, on the reg mm -hmm. whenever we feel like posting something. And Andy uh, instead feels like he should take uh, four-month breaks before he has to then rush everything through. Right. 
Um, the uh, the real reason is that I uh, I'm committed to the uh, the organized and in order chronology of uh, of our episodes, and uh, everybody else wants it to be chaos. But you know what, Matt? <laughs> Why please everybody else? Just yourself, Andy. You know what? A lot of people are on my side. I would argue uh, probably not a majority. Fairness, but uh, that doesn't mean I'm wrong. Anyway, the point is, on the Patreon, uh, we had a counter. Which I really never thought would uh, would come into play. That uh, when we hit 500 patrons, I would share the keys of the Instagram with Matt so he could post at will. And uh, we were getting closer and closer mm-hmm. over the last month. And um, here's the, here's what the announcement. Here's the funny announcement. Okay, Andy would then say. I have raised the number to 1,000 people. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a man of my word, Matt. I would never do that. So over the last uh, few weeks, um, I've been just manically... Posting things that other people are sending him because hosting, he can't be bothered to source the material himself. Oh, I see. So that that's that's the uh, that's the complaint is even if I posted, I still have failed. Huh, Matt, I was wondering how you would get at it. That's how you're getting at it. Well, Andy, to go four months without posting anything to our social media is just crazy. Sure. So also, even if I, it's like a thing like so even if instance, I brought it up to date, I still have failed. Well, for instance, like if yeah. the Denise Crosby tweet I sent you right. would be a great thing to have put on our Instagram. Uh But it's out of order for Andy, so it does not go up there. Well, Matt, however you want to deride uh, anything that I do, which really would anything could fall into that category, uh, it doesn't matter today. No, he's a handsome guy, good writer, because uh, very um, funny person. Andy has a lot of great traits, but one of them is not running the Instagram, possibly. Well, uh, I think I proved you wrong today, Matt, because over the last several days... With the help, agreed, of many talented content uh, providers, um, I've uh, I've gotten the Instagram posting for all of the episodes through season four. You are up to date. You are you are you have a Cupid post that goes up today. Well, that's tomorrow. <laughs> so right. fair, fair, fair. Uh, and uh, and I was up, literally, Matt. Why would you do this to yourself? All. Night Aren't you off on script? Long. Shouldn't you be working? I have not <laughs> had a wink of sleep since the last moment you saw me. Jeez. Well, that can't be true. I didn't. I haven't seen you since uh, yesterday afternoon. No, I didn't see you yesterday. I saw you Thursday. <laughs> I love that you can't even allow me that. That is, that is so perfect. <laughs> Fair enough. Whoever I saw yesterday afternoon, I tried. Everybody to see else you, was Andy. awake. I was working. I have not slept since then. Um and uh, you know what I did it I did it Matt it's uh, up to date and you know what's even more just delicious and perfect is it where four ninety nine we're at five hundred oh uh, hand the keys hand it the keys just it just hit as I arrived here how much more dramatically perfect could it be here's the real problem now yes uh, Andy getting the thing up to date now. Yeah, makes it now. Now it's going to feel weird if I post anything out of order because it is now all up to date. <laughs> but when it was like eight months between a post, no, it was never eight months. But sure. when it was a long time between posts, and I was like, "Oh, this would be a thing we should put up." 
I mean, you're all in family. Sense, you got family. You got marriages, and uh, and you know when you're like they say, you just you never do this. You never do this, and then you do it, and they're like, yeah, but you didn't do it before. That's that's my experience right now. But it you, doesn't matter. You didn't do what because I I didn't post before. <laughs> you weren't good at it for a very long uh-huh. time, but right. you got there. You finished the job. Thank it's you for like, talking uh, down to me in my moment of triumph. You can't like, touch uh, me today, Matt. I. Have brought this to... Instagram up to date. Oh boy! Against all of your 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 sourness and your your tearing me down. Look, guys, Andy you cannot also take me down. Today. Almost on time today. It's really been something. Oh, He's man, just doing. You it. are on fire. Eleven oh five. He says he'll be here in three minutes. I'm already you sitting cannot... here waiting. I text him. I say the door's open. The <laughs> dog is at daycare. It's amazing. You can just come on in <laughs> and then there's a whole thing where we're having a vaudeville routine where Andy's talking to me just... through a mail slot. Anyway, someday he'll figure it out, guys. It's just amazing the amount of amount of mind energy you put into uh, uh, firing phasers on me at all all, all times. Sad, but you know what? Saddest part, Andy, I'm invulnerable today. It takes no energy. There is no weapon. There is no photon torpedo you can get through my shield today. I have triumphed. Andy is currently against all the haters, walking on sunshine. Um, so please, uh, please. By all means, check out the Instagram. <laughs> you, got, you got about a year's worth of content up there. And um, Oh, it's not a year. It's more than that. Two years? It's easily two years. Well, I did it in a week. Prior so. to your um, mad rush, mm-hmm. what was the last episode you had posted? Um, definitely... Maybe even was it in season episode one? episode three or four in season one? Yeah, so that's two and a half years. Yes, you did in in the span of a week, which means you had it in you the whole time. So I've also failed because I could have done it, but well, I you've didn't challenged do it. me to now fire phasers at you, and I'm going. Oh, is, oh, that so now <laughs> you're firing phasers not because of your own darkness in yourself, but because I have provoked you into it. <laughs> It's true. Hey, this is how it's Andy's my theme today. today. <laughs> you can't take me down, buddy. It's really, it's really a great song. <laughs> and now, buddy, you have access. You can do whatever you want. You um, can destroy the chronology. You can keep over. the chronology. It's your choice. Uh, are you also going to be posting? Yes. Well, that was never the agreement. <laughs> to lock me out of it. No one said I wanted to lock you out. What if we post the same thing? Well, I would hope one of us would see what the other one posted and then yeah, post never the same thing. <laughs> um, anyway, check it out. Uh, and then I had another uh, order of business. Yeah. Um, the uh, the people who have uh, who provided the most content um, were. Uh, Lieutenant uh, Kyle Barker, Lieutenant Jeff Mullins, uh, Lieutenant Josh Bald, Lieutenant Brad Arrington, of course, our, our statistician. M- many amazing charts and graphs and specifics. Um, Lieutenant, did I say Jeff Mullins? Um, I hope I'm not leaving anybody out. These are the, uh, the primary people that have uh, submitted just wonderful, beautiful, like edited video pieces and art. A lot of Photoshop happening there. Uh, Yeah. Oh, and Lieutenant (laughs) Mike Mann, of course. All of Mike Mann's stuff. Just disturbing, hilarious, 
insane. Here's my question to you, Matt. If we are both in charge of the actual content, it's never going to look as good as it does now. So just so you're all aware. Well, that's why the, the, the attack on me is like, I didn't do the content. Like, I did it. It was never as good as anything these people were, are creating. Whatever the case, my, my question to you, Matt, as the, the ranking superior officer, is uh, I feel like these people have earned themselves a promotion to lieutenant commander. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's crazy. You can't just hand out promotions. I'm not like handing that. them out. I'm requesting it on behalf of these these people went above and beyond. I'm going to note it in their record and then when mm-hmm. performance reviews come up at the at the 6 month mark, I think you guys all understand it. what I'm dealing with emotionally now every week. <laughs> anyway, I did the best I could. <laughs> um, and uh, God bless all the people who wrote nice notes and even to the haters who were trying to take me down as I was trying to do this. God bless you too. That's all I had to say. Check it out at Star Trek TNC on Instagram. The idea of you ever walking on sunshine. We should all just mark this moment. You hate it. Oh, it I don't. Threatens it. you. It, it threatens that that even I, even I could Andy, uh, could feel good for just a glimmer of an instant. If you had any sort of uh, desire to. Continue to walk on sunshine. Uh-huh. I'm sorry you had to watch this episode of Star Trek. <laughs> Fair it's enough. Stupid, everybody. Ready to hit the Admiral's Club when you are. Well, you are, then let me arrange that by opening the doors. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admiral's Club. Our first... Admiral admission is Revarg. What is happening to him? He gets happy and he forgets his question. Me? Yeah. What question? Whenever we walk into the Admiral's Club. Oh, I'm sorry. How do they get into the Admiral's Club, Matt? (laughs) They leave a five-star review on iTunes, Andy. Well, it's Apple Podcasts now. You never know. Anyway, if you do that, you're welcomed into the club. You're not an Admiral. Your rank stays the same, (laughs) just so we're clear. Uh, I'd make you all lieutenant commanders if it was up to me. Well, then you would have nullified all the great work those people did that's in their permanent record. That's fair. I'm demoting you all. (laughs) I'm just keeping the ones that I want as lieutenant commanders. He is a harsh commander. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, our first one is from, you'll like this one, Matt, Revarg007. I'm into it. No, you're not going to like this. I forgot what it. I forgot what it said. It says, "Secunda is my homeboy." <laughs> um, the best and only Star Trek podcast I listen to, past, present, and maybe future. Listening since episode one, and now I'm stuck in it. Uh, I now know that there's a type of Stockholm syndrome that a podcast can give you. And that's why <laughs> I light up so a true. smile faster than Worf with orders to fire phasers when an episode goes live. And uh, the other one is from Serenesthetic. Um, and she says, super duper enjoying this. I'm using this podcast as motivation to rewatch all of uh, TNG, and it works. Even a bad episode uh, isn't a total loss because I get to listen to m and make fun of it. I wish they'd gush more about how hot Picard is, but you can't win them all. Well, I think if there's an episode to do that, it might be this one. Yeah, he's... Very romantically inclined in this one. I mean, the stuttering dialogue, the poor sword play. Sure. <laughs> Can't wait. The the lipstick on his lips. <laughs> uh, I didn't her. catch that. Oh, yeah, it was very apparent to me. Um, well, thank you. Welcome to the Admirals Club, guys. Welcome to the Admirals it's good Club. Good to have you in here. There's some uh, 
some martinis over there. Enjoy. Whoa! I didn't know we're giving out yeah. martinis in here. There's a there's I a vesper the, over there the, for you, buddy. The Maybe you I thought all the hard liquor was in. Oh, in the president circle. There's <laughs> <laughs> just beer and wine out here. <laughs> you really like to chef the uh, the admirals club. Oh, I'm sorry. Unlimited beer and wine is 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 bad. I don't like that. It's it's too fattening. <laughs> There's Michelob Ultra. Yeah, it's not all Riesling. Guys, uh, well, actually, I don't know. Andy, is it time? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Head into the United Federation of Planets President's Circle. Yep. Here we go. Welcome to the President's Circle, everybody. It's good uh, to have you in here. You're there's, all looking wonderful today. There's a special performance happening in here. I'll have mm. the hollow DJ turn it up. <gasps> Whoa. It's amazing. <laughs> wow. It really looks like it's actually yeah. Katrina in the waves. <laughs> oh, look. There's there's some of... Uh, I don't remember the name of it. What was the Michael J. Fox movie? <laughs> Doc Hollywood? No, the one where he's a, a businessman. And, oh, uh, uh, Secret of My Success? Secret of My Success. I was going to say Sweet Smell Success, but that one's much better. <laughs> Nothing personal, Michael J. Fox. It's um, not great if you're a Nosmic, though. Our first... Can't uh, smell it, Andy. You have no sense of smell if you're a Nosmic. Is that true? So the movie's lost on you. Yeah. I think I might be slightly a Nosmic. You came in and started smelling food immediately. Oh, that's true. I guess I'm not... <laughs> Thank you. You cured me, Matt. <laughs> I might have that. No, you don't. Oh. Maybe I'm not face blind either. Um. Uh, the jury is still out on that. Sometimes I'm like, hey, I think he might. I mean, but I never claim that. It's just like, I just think he doesn't care. I never claimed that I was full face blind. I just, I definitely have a lot of trouble remembering people. Full face. Well, you know, but you recognize yourself immediately in the mirror, right? You're never like, like surprised you don't recognize you never like looking like Troy did in the mirror that time that she said it wasn't me Wolf. Yeah. I uh you have know, you I, ever I'm no, surprised genuine, at, genuine at the question. handsome visage that's staring back at me do you ever get confused uh, seeing myself in the mirror yeah <laughs> uh, no well I mean, face blindness I don't know if that's a thing I'm just asking uh no if it was that'd be pretty cool no I don't no I I, I look at myself it's I think it's it's frequency but I, w- I, but I will say, and I don't know if I've told this story, I've met someone at a party, someone who is a development executive, so it was to my advantage to remember them. Yeah. Had a delightful conversation with them about my face blindness, went around the party, came back, was reintroduced to them. I went, hi, I'm Andy. And she went, ha ha. And I was like, oh no, this is the person that I just met. Well, at least you had the context clues. I, I'm good at context. I had to become good at context clues. Anyway. I just want to say, uh, Katrina of Katrina and the Waves, pretty good guitar player. Oh, is she the lead? Well, the lead is on the uh, SG, but she's playing a telly, and uh, she's doing a great job. This song is actually harder to play than it sounds. Anyway. Interesting. That's our Katrina and the Waves moment. (laughs) Thanks, President Circle, for indulging us. Um, If uh, I'm about to announce the uh, Christopher Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardees, if you're interested in uh, getting into the, uh, the possible submissions... For, for being awarded with this this very sought after medal, um, then uh, join the Patreon. Yeah, for sure. President Circle. 
If you want more of Andy and I, there's one way to do it, and that's to become a supporter of the podcast. Helps keep us uh, coming back to this desk every week. And uh, in exchange for your support, you'll get up to two episodes of the podcast a month. You know, we talk about possibly doing another episode, but uh, if you're thinking, hey, maybe it'll be three or four, that's likely not to happen until we're on hiatus. No, but they do tend to run very long. So. Very, very long. By, by no choice of our own. Honestly, we said we were going to give you a 30-minute podcast every month originally when we started it, and guess what? Um, we could break each one up, and uh, essentially if you say, oh, I want a 30-minute podcast, we're giving you 12 podcasts a month. Yeah. <laughs> More than anyone wants. Just cut them up. <laughs> I'll just cut them up and start releasing. They'll feel like they're getting more. No, no, it's saucer section all over again. Forget it. Oh, I'm surprised you even said it. Has that been rattling around in your brain? Is that what's caused your? It's uh, always rattling. Yeah. Uh, anyway, our uh, our first admittee um, is Lieutenant Lauren Gr- Lauren Gleason, who says, "So it seems I'm going to have to give up sugar for health related reasons. Doesn't that?" Uh, feet merit a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Pretty if, you sure. can, if you can do it, yes. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the most difficult thing I ever do. Um, have you had periods of giving up sugar, Matt? Uh, yeah, I did the Whole30. Whole30, that's what that is? Yeah, it's essentially no sugar, no added sugar. Very hard to find actual, like, um, for instance, if you were going to go buy bacon, uh-huh. very difficult to find bacon that does not have some form of sugar or fake sugar added to it. Is it good, the bacon that doesn't have sugar added to sure, it? Sure, it's still bacon. Well, then why do they add sugar? To keep people coming back to it. You know, it's like uh, adding nicotine to cigarettes. It's just to make it more addictive, that's it? Yeah, it's just oh, to that's, make you crave it more. That's dirty. That's dirty They pool. do it in everything. It's crazy. It really is. Like, genuinely, if you're ever on Whole30 or something like that, you'll start reading labels. You'd be surprised. It's very hard to find meat. Sugar might be one of the things that, uh, in the end, if I quit, then I'll go, oh, everything's fixed. But um, I'm not going to find that out for a long time, people. Uh, and our second one is from Lieutenant Captain Andrew Hook, who says, Ahoy thar, fellow trekkers. Do not really have anything to say. Just wanted a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Live long and prosper. I. That's amazing that he wrote it in that accent. He did. Did he really? Yeah. He did. He put a put uh, a apostrophe uh, A V E and yeah, anything right. with an apostrophe and to say with an apostrophe. There's a lot of apostrophes. Wow. Pirates Great are very word. big on their apostrophes. Um anyway, those are our Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardees. If you would like to uh if you'd like to possibly become one of them, uh join uh, the president's circle, go to the monthly subspace messages, leave us a comment, a question, anything you want, and uh you may be one of the uh, people mentioned at the top of the show. Whoa. The door just jammed. Yeah. Oh, boy. There's a lot of door Nobody problems Nobody got caught in there. We're losing some power. We gotta get Jordy up here. Oh, boy. Everything's going awry. All right. Let's go to the hallway. Okay. That's the Admiral's Club. And that was the Admiral's Club. Captain, we are being hailed. Um, it's all voice hails today, Matt. I thought you would enjoy it. Oh, wow. Voice hail spectacular. Yes. Um, and our first one is uh, from a gentleman who's connected to Star Trek lore. Not oh, no. Data's brother. Oh, thank God. Hi, Andy. Hi, Matt. My name's Max Cervantes. Love hey. the podcast. 
You know, uh, calling in we met him in. Um, you know, he's in our face group. We met him uh, at the Star Trek convention, Andy. Now you have face blindness, so you probably don't remember this, but he was an ape from Planet of the Apes. That was Max Cervantes. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. I guess, so I guess I I don't have ape face blindness. <laughs> It'd be very helpful, I think. That was an amazing costume. It was sort of Star Trek tinge, or it was just Planet of the Apes. No, he had a gold tunic on. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Good job, Max. Um, that was really one of the most impressive costumes I've seen. Anyway, let's hear what he says. Um, I've worked in the film business since 1984, doing special effects, props, models, miniatures, costumes, whatnot, theme park work. And I saw you guys are getting ready to do the episode and degree. Well, back in the day when work was kind of slow, I ended up getting to work on Star Trek The Next Generation, and the nth degree was my first episode I worked on. Wow. I worked on the show from nth degree all the way to the middle of the fifth season with, I believe, my last episode was The Game. Anyways, oh. please be kind. I'm the uh, young-looking Latino guy in a gold uniform, and I believe I'm sitting in 10 forward with a young lady. Anyways... Love the show. Just want to call in and say hi. Please be kind. Talk to you guys later. Live long and prosper. Max is, uh, he's so uh, just um, humble because he's also sweaty guy, sweaty Latino guy in the warp core when the countdown is happening. Really? Uh, when they're arriving to, um, in Star Trek Six. I wonder if it was, uh, if it was just acting or if they sprayed him. Oh, that's got to be just pure, pure talent. Could be. Um, all right, here's our next one. And I believe it's uh, from uh, someone that I befriended through the podcast named Ned, who's uh, a commander in the Army Golden Knights parachute team. Um, and if it's not, then I apologize. Here we go. Hey, Matt and Andy, it's Ned. You were like kind of caught up finally to uh, your podcast, so this will be a little bit more relevant least timely i guess um listening to you guys talk about section 31 so if you want to put this in like secret spoilers hail bag they oh might need boy. to do that it's gonna be some effort um secret spoilers like Andy. he's gonna talk about section 31 contrast he is but i didn't i sort of i rolled the dice and i didn't feel like it was uh right. was that spoiler you are you are sensitive to spoilers so i'll take your word for it between the idealism of starfleet and the realism or the pragmatism of a Section 31 will make for really good TV drama. I mean, certainly Starfleet and the humans and the Federation had to evolve from somewhere, and they had to learn mistakes along the way of when when to be idealists and when to be pragmatists. And that kind of conflict, that human drama, interpersonal and organizational, you can really play out a lot of storylines. And, you know, if you're going to have a secret organization which is going to do troublesome things which go counter to your idealism, wouldn't you ultimately want the person who is best at doing that, maybe not running the organization, but running inside the organization, so out doing the operations? Uh, You'd want to have a bad person because an idealistic person is going to have a hard time doing the things that an idealist doesn't want to do, whereas a realist, a pragmatist, Not shaking his head right now. can do the awful evil shit, which those organizations exist to do. All right, fellas. 
keep doing a good job. Thanks for your free talk on the internet. Laters. Uh, thanks for enjoying right. our free talk on the internet. What do you think? Uh, look, I'm I'm fine. Like, get me a Himmler. Don't get me Hitler. Interesting. <laughs> it's like interesting. I don't want the main fucking. I don't want the worst of the worst running the thing inside my organization. But if I need someone who's going to get their hands dirty and do things that maybe Starfleet doesn't want to do, you know, grab me a fucking mirror uh, Tilly. Get me Captain Killy mm-hmm. and then put her in charge of that. Don't get me. We don't know what kind of terrible Emperor. things Captain. Well, I guess other people might. I haven't watched season two yet. But we don't know what kind of terrible thing she did. Uh, no, but she's not so terrible that she's running the Emperor Empire. The Terran Emperor. I, oh, God, my words. Uh, the Terran Empire. You, it's, well, it's, maybe that. Maybe Mira Giorgio was just just better at it. Better, better at being evil. Yeah. Or, well, you say well, evil exactly or running a, running an empire or climbing the political ladder. It doesn't necessarily add up to evil. Point is, I don't want to bring that person back. To help. <laughs> I get it. With my <laughs> utopia, anyway, I'm trying. That to was essentially the argument I was making. Less. I also, I, I was trying to think, and I'm unfortunately I couldn't come up with a perfect example. But I feel like so. Please, everybody, pipe off on this. I feel like there are examples of this kind of turn. For a villainous character, you know, maybe not on Loki. the level of Hitler, but very Loki. Loki, perfect. Loki was if you if you really break it down, Loki probably was Hitler. If you see all of the things he's done throughout the centuries, but you know they don't show us that stuff because they want him uh, want us on his side eventually. Uh, look, I think that Loki is the god of mischief, so. Saying it's more cute. his nature to be mischievous. Uh huh. And even in like, and even in Thor, I don't think he's that bad. Well, we don't see him be that bad. And then I think in uh, Avengers, uh, tune in this month. What about Red Skull? Red Skull then uh, seems like he's chilled out a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I once again didn't recognize him because of my face blindness. I also didn't smell him because of my. Andy's face blindness (laughs) extends to. People with no skin. <laughs> um, and here's our last uh, voice hail. This is J.M. Jennings coming to you from the traffic line streets of Dallas, Texas. See, I got two things in my glove compartment. See, I keep one of them loaded and the other one keeps me loaded. So Andy's got a thing for accents, does he? Well, I may not be some Vulcan medical dame or a semi-famous actor he could barely put the finger on for his claim to fame. But I got enough mid-Atlantic accent in me to get played on the podcast, or else it's curtains, see? Now, maybe this voice will make it finally stick in your head. A Betazoid is from Beta Z, see? Next time I got a call in about this, the boss wants I should come over and rearrange your furniture, see? Now, live long and prosper. Or else. <laughs> you put a lot of work into it. Look, the, any, the, the way into our voicemail section, accents. Andy loves an accent. Uh, you know what? Uh, I I respect someone who uh, puts a little elbow grease into it. Uh, whatever the case, those are our hails. How are you doing, buddy? What is next? Uh, next is uh, oh, I I forgot to say the if you have a voice hail then. Uh, Please uh, call 816-TREK-TNC. 
our Instagram, up to date, on fire, filled with content, and our Twitter at Star Trek TNC. The gentleman across from me is at Matt Myra. Uh, my Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. Um, I'll have that up to date in six years. And uh, I am at Secunda on Twitter, patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. For bonus content, if you want to send us anything, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. Email us to let us know and send any direct hails to sdtncpod at gmail.com. And now it's this day in Trek history. Um. I feel like I need to like a, reclose the hailing frequencies. All right, that's gonna feel better. Okay. <clears throat> you want me to close the hill? Hailing frequencies closed, sir. No, you don't know. At home, is Andy actually was clearing his throat because he actually does that entire sound with his mouth. He does an amazing <laughs> Denise Crosby slash sound effect situation. It's incredible. Yeah. He's very talented. I do it at parties, but very few people enjoy it. <laughs> what if you mastered that sound clip? <laughs> I think you could get you could advance in America's Got Talent at least one round. No, I don't feel like any of those people are, are Trek fans. <laughs> uh, but they're into like voice acts, you know. Yeah, a couple of ventriloquists have won, right? Terry Fedor is like a gajillionaire thanks to that show and his is deal a, at Vegas. Is he a ventriloquist? Yeah. He really is. What's anyway. going on in Vegas? How are ventriloquists still popular? It's just the simplest. You got to tell me because uh, I'd have no idea. Oh, I would think that like, you, the, the the Prince of Vegas over here, would have an answer for everything about Vegas. Uh, of how those are still popular, I don't. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that happens in Vegas that I'm very confused about. Like Menopause the Musical, still running. Really? <laughs> yes. Well, that's because old people go there, right? Okay. All right. Uh, which one's better, Thunder Down Under, the Chippendale show, or the Magic Mike show? What's Thunder Down Under? It's the Australian Chippendales. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. But, like, we're in a city that, like, needs three of them. Well, Vegas is a fascinating place. Well, sure, but that's, like, that's the equivalent of strip clubs, right? I've never been to a strip club in Vegas. What? But I've also never been to Thunder Down Under, Chippendales, or Magic Mike. That shocks me, the amount of time that, you, times that you've been to Vegas. There's a lot to do. <laughs> I guess that's true. But, I mean, I feel like you must have been tugged to go to a strip club at some point. Many times. And that's, I that's really not, the only times and I people like not. Matt and I go to a strip club is if we're... I don't. ...emotionally maneuvered into it, but I guess he doesn't even do it then. Uh, all right. Time for Cupid, everybody. Production number 194 aired the week of April 22nd, Matt. 1991. Here yeah. we go. Okay. Nice. From the home office and wherever Matt Kirk lives, um, Baby Baby by Amy Grant and The One and Only by Chesney Hawks. Am I pronouncing that correctly? I guess so. Uh, we're popular on U.S. and U.K. radios, respectively. Riders of on the Storm by John Densmore was a bestseller, and Steven Seagal was... Man, that guy really had a hot, hot moment at, at the top of the 90s. Um, Steven Seagal was back on top. Of the box office with Out for Justice. White Sox slugger Frank Thomas becomes the Big first. Hurt. Is that what his, his, his name was? Yeah. Uh, becomes the first on the team to hit a home run in the new Comiskey Park Stadium. The Sox would eventually defeat the Orioles 8 7. 
7.7 magnitude earthquake strikes in Costa Rica, becoming the highest magnitude quake in the country's recorded history. Johnny Carson signs a one-year contract to host a Tonight Show for his 30th and final year. year. He was 60. He was only 66 at the end of his tenure? Yeah. And that guy knew how to make an exit before it was over. I thought he, he was, was much older. Out. Well, I but he left before they fired him. They were sort of they were maneuvering, but oh yeah, I mean, because he shocked them when he left. That was the whole thing. Yeah, uh, highly recommend everybody take a gander at the late shift, the book or the yeah, movie? The yeah. Book. The book. I mean the movie too. I the book was the movie. really entertaining. Uh, Time Magazine's cover featured a collage puppet of former First Lady Nancy Reagan with the caption. Is she that bad? What's true and not true in Kitty Kelly's slasher biography of Nancy Reagan? I'm just listening to Amy Grant. Sure. Is that it, Andy? That's it. Oh. He's in Time Magazine. Oh. Well, after 100 episodes, I'll finally know that. (laughs) Uh, You're Time Magazine blind. I sure am. I'm blind to all magazines. I look at each magazine. I'm like, is this Time Magazine? <laughs> is this know. the New Yorker? I can't tell. Uh, all right. Amy Grant, thank you very much. Enjoy your success on the Christian charts following that. Thank okay. you. <laughs> um, so here it is, everybody. It's Cupid. Picard is nervous. Oh, sorry. Let me do the rundown. Directed by Cliff Bowl. Teleplay by future showrunner of, of DS9, Iris Stephen Bear. Story nice. by Randy Russell and Ira Stephen Bear. You buddies with Ira Bear? No, I've only I met him twice. Picked his fixed his computer once at the Apple Store. Oh yeah. Um, and then I met him at a convention. Did it go well? <laughs> I think both times went pretty swimmingly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I know I saw him at the. Uh, yes, I, I pointed him out to you. From, no, I recognized him from Chaos on the Bridge. Oh, your face blindness was not in effect. That is a very good point. I don't know. Andy, this face blindness seems just to happen when convenient. It's not when convenient because often I will want to remember the person and uh, and it doesn't work. So if you're some kind of cognitive expert, please fix me. (laughs) Uh, I'll take some of that fixing too. Um, Shit. Except for my... Accomplishment yesterday that uh, I don't need any help on. Would you say that's your accomplishment of the year? <laughs> I, think, I think without question is the biggest thing I've accomplished this year. Wow. Both both gratifying and sad. <laughs> Look, I think it was a task. It was probably hanging over your head for a while. And to get it done probably feels like a great relief. So many people thought I couldn't do it, Matt. Um, no, you're one of them. And I did it. Second, yeah, I uh, didn't think you'd be able to do it. It's just too many. It's just too, it was just two. It's a hundred episodes. Yet. Essentially, a hundred episodes. Yet. All you got to do is clear virtually every waking moment <laughs> from the second I leave work to the second I go back to work, and uh, and you can get it done. From the second you leave work, Andy, <laughs> I see Instagram tags popping up all day. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> all right, I, I had to fit those in. You had. To, I mean, look, you did it. So you do it's look at the Instagram. Ha ha. Uh, I, I see the things pop up. Like I'm getting tagged. Like you why don't am read I getting, them? You don't like look why at am I getting tagged sure, in 73 I, posts? And then I click on it. And I I'm couldn't like, have done more to try and make him pay attention. I, he's he's tagged in almost every one of them. Uh, I guess it's probably a numbing process after a while. Yeah. After frankly, even, I would like to know the episode number. Even now. on my on my Instagram account, I'm like Ugh, more of these, and I'm the one doing it. Yeah. <laughs> 
The um, episode. I would love a count of how many episodes of podcasts I've been on. Oh God, it must be. It's over a thousand. I mean, it should be. I think you should break it down by hours. That's where the really terrifying number would be. Yeah, for sure. And waking moments. It's like you know, this weekend I was on set thirteen hours a day, essentially. One day was seventeen hours. And then today we recording, and then right after you, Andy, I got Matt Gorley coming over, going to do a little James Bonding, and then I have to record with Dory, and then tomorrow I have to do a class at 10 a.m. for birth, a childbirthing class that goes 10 to 6. I'm sorry. And then back in Monday. <laughs> but you got a kid. You wanted a kid, now you got a kid. Um, I don't have a kid yet. The kid is on the inside. Oh, I, understand. I don't think of the kid as real until it's uh, breathing air. It's like a it's or like until a, a holodeck creation. Or until I read the email from my dad that I have yet to been able I have not been able to bring myself to read it. Cause I I just think I would just start crying. My dad like my I was talking about how stressed out I was last yeah. week on the uh excellent podcast and then uh-huh. uh, my mother told my father Oh thank God! I I I was almost positive that your father was alive, and then I was like, "Oh no!" Did oh his God! No, die? no, Dad. Okay. still John Meyer is still kicking. Thank um, but he wrote me a, he wrote me an email uh, to sort of like talk about like fatherhood and trying to ease my stress. And I started to read the first line, and I was like, I was on set, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just start crying. It's too yeah. much. It's too much emotion in one email." That's really nice. From a very uh, stoic man. Oh wow! Oh uh, sure, that's how they get you. They store it up, <laughs> and then you're vulnerable to it. Also, I could be wrong, and the rest of the email is just, just about like, <laughs> what he's been doing. Make sure you take short walks frequently. <laughs> you're not going to want the knees I have. So, uh, well, you already didn't join the army, so that's going to be good. You know what I did? I mixed whiskey with juice. Uh, it was tastier than you think. I'm finally okay with you not being an Eagle Scout. Love that. <laughs> All right. And then you still weep. <laughs> you're just so primed for it, you yeah. can't stop yourself. Um... Is the engine running? Yeah, it is. Let me just bring that up. I would bit. hope so. <laughs> you never know on this ship. I mean, especially when we're in charge of things. It's what is? I think I feel like we talked about this uh, um, sixty episodes ago. Mm-hmm. When the when you're at full stop on the Enterprise, yeah. Do you hear that sound? Ah, uh, good question. Yeah, I think what we're hearing is sort of. I think the engines are running, but to power the ship. Uh-huh. So I think what you're hearing is just sort of like the power. Gotcha. So that's not the... I mean, it wouldn't make any sense that it was the, the hum. sound. It's the hum of like the life support systems right. and the and the lights. And It's a really smart aesthetic choice. Well, yeah. I mean, you're watching. I'm sure. To I'm make sure it feel when they were like you're it, moving like, somewhere. It needs something. Enclosed in something. They figured it out. Yeah. Um... So, I don't want you all to feel like you're enclosed in this uh, episode of the podcast. So, <laughs> here it is. Cupid, here's the description. And perhaps Larry, Dr. Larry Nemechek, uh-huh. the doctor of Star Trek. I don't know that he's a doctor. Have I ever said that before? That he's a doctor? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, he's he's known as Dr. Trek. Is you're he? questioning. Okay, thank you. Yes. Right. I don't know if he's... <laughs> I'm not I, questioning his credentials. I'm assuming he's not He's not a, an accredited doctor. But I'm hoping that he can shed some light on this episode and tell us what the plot was. Fair. Uh, Picard is nervous enough while preparing his keynote speech for the Federation Archaeology Council. 
then, in quick order, he's visited by Vosh, a mischievous female archaeologist he met on vacation on Ryza, and then by a pesky super being Q. Here's the problem. It was not in quick order. That's true. (laughs) It was like 20 minutes. It's true. Uh, A spat erupts when Riker finds out that Vosh is setting up for an illegal dig, and she uncovers, she discovers he never mentioned her to his friends. Q, a secret witness, decides to return the favor. Picard did him years ago by getting the stubborn lovers to admit their feelings for each other in a special simulation of Sherwood Forest that he creates. With the couple, with the couple cast as Robin Hood and Maid Marian and Picard's senior officers as merry men, Q becomes the sheriff of Nottingham. He challenges the captain to risk his crew for the lives of the woman for the lives. Hey, sorry. Risk his crew's lives for the woman he loves. Picard sets out to rescue Vosh, claiming he'd do the same for anyone else. But Marion rejects his rescue. Oh, there's more. <laughs> Turning sure. him in and agreeing to marry his captor, Sir Guy. Q is delighted until he sees her note the, that she was trying to send to the crew for help. He then turns her in as well. Heads are about to roll when the merry men come to the rescue. Picard, a skilled fencer, skewers Sir Guy. The game is over. Back on the ship, Vosh announces she plans to travel through the galaxy with Q. An uneasy Picard admits the two do have much in common just before he kisses Vosh goodbye. Uh, and they promise to meet again. Okay. Are we ready? did it. Hey, that was, that, I struggled through that, Andy. Much yeah. like the rest of us. It's reasonable. Here we go. It was funny because... Uh, I was watching it this morning and Dory uh, it's probably about 8 o'clock this morning she came in um, to the living room and I was watching it and like it had I had just started it so if mm-hmm. you're if you're someone who doesn't really like Star Trek mm-hmm. okay I'm gonna play this I'm gonna play the the beginning of the cold open of this okay let's pretend you're a person Andy who thinks that Star Trek let's pretend you're old Andy Okay. Let's pretend you're Andy from before this podcast started. Okay. So you're probably less stressed. You have more time to do things that you want to do, <laughs> and uh, but you also don't like Star Trek that much. I feel like uh, I, I, everything until that last piece of information. I think you're describing someone else on this podcast, Matt. <laughs> uh, let's say you get bamboozled by a new coworker to do a podcast Such with, and fake news. He uh, decides uh, to take a it chance. It was mutually assured self destruction between you and I. Oh, Andy <laughs> and I are very similar. We both. We both walked blindly into it and one of us had the, the uh had the experience to know better <laughs> it's very true but let's put yourself back there let's put yourself into 2017 16 whatever okay. the hell whatever that was put, put yourself in those shoes okay. all right all right you don't like star trek you're a star wars fan you like uh space operas you love big uh, actiony set pieces and and drama drama between characters oh those were good times and you turn on star trek okay and this is what you hear. <clears throat> Captain's Log, Stardate 44741.9. We have arrived at Tagus 3, where the Enterprise is to serve as host for the Federation Archaeology Council's annual symposium. I look forward to giving tomorrow's keynote address with great anticipation. They got me. <laughs> Hang on, just let's just Come. keep it going. This is this is what I Dory thought you'd like to know the council watching. members have beamed aboard and been assigned their quarters. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Captain, it really is quite late. In Tell space. Me, With regard to my lecture, what do you think will provide the greater clarity? A chronological structure or the division of each expedition's findings into various religious, sociological and environmental subgroupings? I thought you'd already decided on a chronological structure. 
There is something to be said for a more scientific approach. Crazy. Oh, I'm going to keep this going. Nothing happened. Ready? I'm just going to keep playing it. It's also interesting. You've written a brilliant speech. It will need to be. Tomorrow I'm going to be addressing some of the greatest scientific minds in the Federation. Switzer, Clarktown, Droff, McFarlane. Giants in the field of archaeology. Compared to them, I'm wonder which one's enthusiastic amateur. I doubt they see you as an amateur. Not when it comes to take us three. Well, it's true. I have done my homework. I have examined the findings of every archaeological expedition conducted on the planet's surface. It's really it funny. It is unfortunate that the takers no longer allow this. outsiders to visit the ruins. Indeed. Especially since we know so little about their origins. But I think, wants to cut our mics. I think that I have constructed some plausible theories of my own. Do we need this I'm scene sure to be seven pages? <laughs> I mean, what are they setting up? Well, this is the other thing that I would, that really was my biggest sticking point in the episode, which you're getting to. None of the Take Us 3 shit pays off in any way. Nothing in this episode matters. They spent all this time setting up Take Us 3 in the ruins, and then he says, I do you s- want to go down there? And he goes, no. And then it's all Robin Hood. We are a minute and 56 seconds into the episode. <laughs> two minutes. full A full two minutes of television into the episode, Andy. Yeah. Uh, so I would guess we're probably on page four of the script. I can look at right? That. <laughs> Nothing has happened. Now, good night, Captain. There's no night here. They do night watch. We've discussed this. I know. They, they dim the lights, but it's not really night. Andy, do you want the general trivia off of uh, IMDb for this particular scene, thanks to Amazon's X-ray vision? Sure. Uh, the title combines the names of Q and Cupid. <laughs> Somebody at Amazon did not watch this episode. <laughs> Somebody checked out the second that they saw the scene. I mean, what's a more interesting cold open to you? It ending on Vosh or it ending on Q? Obviously, Q. And I'm as being as a Q hater, I do got to say, Q is growing on me. And I don't know if it's just the John Delancey performance or if they're getting more of a handle on it. He's different from when we first from when we first saw him. Like that character, not having any of the future's Q in your head is is hard. Uh, He's. It's it's much more he, he plays much more now than in that first episode where he's just malevolent super being right um, benevolent malevolent maleficent I was, was going to say but you seem to be having a tough day even though I'm the one that got no sleep <laughs> none of it none of it works he's looking at the thing the, the rise fertility of thing. any memories. But here's the situation. So Vosh. weird. I was sure she was going to be some kind of imaginary person or holodeck creation. I came in through the window. Which frankly would have been more interesting. I mean, like, I want to... I would be like, no, seriously, how'd you get in here? It's yeah. a big breach in security. It's the I captain's have to, quarters. I have, to, I have to let Worf know where he fucked up. I, I guess that we're supposed to... I don't even know if we're supposed to draw this connection, but... The connection of what? Of that she's a con artist, so she tricked her way in, but it's just insanity. How does one trick their way into Picard's quarters? That would be interesting to see. 
Like, maybe there's a guard posted outside of his quarters and she tricks the, you know, wouldn't that be an interesting way to start instead of hearing about the Tagus Three ruins and his speech, which order it's going to be in? <laughs> so crazy. I mean, there's so many different ways to get into this that I think would have been a little more, uh, at least, uh, interesting. Andy, I want you to know that going from the credits, so from the start of the episode, yes, to the credits ending, yeah, we are now at five minutes and two seconds of television. Oh my gosh, <laughs> nothing has happened. I do remember. Because I had to watch this in pieces, and because I watched some of it at work, that's got to be confusing. Because it's, because nothing happens, you're like, wait, did I see this? Well, yeah. I think it was more the feeling of just like, oh, I'll, I'll just knock this out. I must have like ten minutes left, and I had like forty minutes left. <laughs> so that's to your point. Uh, this morning, yeah, I was just, I was really just afraid of how bad it would be. I never, I never rewatch this episode. My rewatchability why. scale. Not, uh, <laughs> no, 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 not of the archaeology council. Now you see, Andy, what's happening here is these these croissants uh-huh. let us know that it's now morning. <laughs> is that how they mark the shifts? <laughs> right. It's like so they spent what the night time together. Is it? Oh, they're croissants. <laughs> uh, question about uh, Beverly. Your p- opinion of Beverly in this episode? Um. She fixes Worf's arm or whatever it is that's well, hurt. We'll get to that. We'll okay. get. Th- I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about oh this the this, car- this character moments. Insanity. I like it. You like it. I like it. Because you get. I mean, I feel it, like everyone in this scene is acting insane. Yeah. Yes. But and not even insane in a way where it's like, oh, they like each other and they're whatever. I'm just like you. You're everybody's acting crazy. <laughs> um, it's it's a different flavor on a lot of people. I don't mind that. I just grounded in some kind of human behavior that well, makes sense. Well, it's interesting because... Unless we're, de- unless we're to deduce that everyone here is completely like an off-the-rails, volatile, crazy personality. Which well, I don't think that's what we've been told about. Vosh? Vosh. How do you pronounce it? It's very interesting. This is a very strange... A lot of strangeness happening here. But uh, Beverly Crusher coming... To see you, of course. Is that the only reason? Isn't it enough? I wish I could believe you. I really have missed you, Jean-Luc. So, it's implied that they lied in bed next to each other and nothing happened. Or they just talked about how much... No, here's what I'm wondering. Okay. All of the exposition where... Vosh seems to know be- everything about Beverly, Riker, so on and so forth. Which that to me is the single craziest thing in the episode. That's what they did at night. Uh, he was like, "Now that you're on the ship, uh, yeah." I mean, that doesn't. That's completely. It's crazy, and not right? applied because it's it, even if you even if you but that's, take that's, that is like that's what that's happened. That's a genuine me that trying to fix in and it. of itself. That's yeah, me totally. To fix it. But it doesn't because that is a hundred percent not in in Picard's character. <laughs> To say these things? To be like, and then Riker would do this. And well, then he's, uh, I've seen him hit on women, and this is the kind of thing he would say. What a rascal he is. But if it was a more of a scene of like, well, now that you're on the ship, you're going to be meeting a lot of my senior officers, and I guess I better tell you about them. 
I like that's that, like that sort of. I like, don't believe that he would characterize them that way, even if he had a thought that they were like that. Well, then you have to anticipate that it somehow happened on Risa, which well, that's I can't you, imagine. That's just as insane. Or me. you have to imagine that he's emailing her space emails about his day. I mean, I have to. It's assume all crazy that they haven't seen each other and haven't been in touch. Excuse me. This is some uh, Patrick Stewart acting at its finest. I'm sorry I'm late. Just a oh. real close hallway stand to him. Well, it's four by three. <laughs> he was putting everything on the four by three on the blocking. I, it, I have to because it's crazy. <laughs> There's no reason for people to stand this close to each other. They can just they can just widen out the shot. They don't need the the shot to be that close. Excuse me. I didn't realize you had company. Uh, that's all right. Beverly. Uh, allow me to introduce you. This Inexplicably is, uh, Beverly. jealous. Dr. Beverly. Dr. Dr. Beverly Crusher. This is, um... She seems delighted. Uh, I feel like she gets weird in the scene, but, but maybe I'm misremembering. But also, like, they play this whole... You, you're, you're into the season, middle of season, late season four. Okay. You know, four, five, six, seven... They really play that that Beverly Crusher angle. Well, they do. Forward. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, I'm not going to count it as a spoiler because I'm just saying characterization-wise, um, a person who knows TNG, this doesn't feel out of place. Okay. Vash, uh, she's a friend of mine from the Archaeology Council. I didn't mean to interrupt. The captain and I often share morning tea together. Yes, that's I what I mean. Jean Luc has told me all about you. But don't you remember the scene where they had tea together and you were like, this is crazy. Now they're referencing it. Is someone knocking at my door? I think so. Andy, run the podcast. Oh, no. Um, Here's the thing. See, I can explain it to you, but I feel like he's going to come back and then my point will have gone into the into the 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 nether spear. Is that a place? Um, I got to tell you, it was so it was so satisfying. To put that last post up and get up to date. That's what my whole life could be like. I think this is going to be a big change for me. Andy, are you deciding to lock in a breakfast date with someone? If you're out there and you want a breakfast date, we can walk. We can talk about the people I work with. Andy was very close to a number of good coffee spots in in Los Angeles. I really do. You know, what if you what if you had a morning coffee, a standing morning coffee thing at like eight? Would you get out of bed for that? Are you angling for this? Maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, you know that I would go anywhere with this breakfast food that's decent. But would that motivate you enough to to have it? Like, would it, would you do it on the regular? I think so. Hmm. Interesting. You know, Joe and I, McDonough, uh-huh. friend of the podcast. Uh, think on the instagram i'm there on the captain on the bridge of the enterprise with him yes anyway we would we went to different colleges but we both hated waking up the only way we could motivate each other to wake up was to have a standing <laughs> breakfast at the owl diner in lowell That's pretty smart in the corner booth at 7 a.m what would you get uh i would change it up a lot you know, usually there'd be one blueberry pancake for the table, and it would be like a Dutton Street omelet. They all the omelets at the Owl Diner are named after streets in Lowell. Oh, the blueberry pancakes sound anything special? They're fucking great. Oh man, I love a good blueberry pancake. When as soon as they, as soon as they bring out the pancake and it's got compote on it, I am super disappointed. Yeah, no compote, no compote here, my friend. Not at the Owl Diner. No. Really? When was that? 
Oh, right. Where we met. I see. Oh, well, she just undid my theory because she just said <laughs> on Risa. Yeah. Well, that must have been during your vacation last year. No. Yes. Yes. Well, I am surprised he didn't mention you. See, that's a swipe. So am I. But is it a swipe at her or a swipe at him? Um, I feel like it's a swipe at her because it's going to hurt her feelings. Uh... I guess she is emphasizing the you, right? Uh huh. So I'll go. I'll take Andy. But I, 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 I tell you said. one thing: Andy is not. Yeah. That is, Andy is not inflection blind. <laughs> That's definitely not true. <laughs> or I guess I'd Doctor, be. Doctor, are you busy? Inflection deaf. Uh. Oh, you were gonna say something. I'm sorry. Um, the, just the opposite. The argument could be that she's basically giving Picard shit for not mentioning her, but. I feel like it's a little Seems bit of like, both. Yeah, I think I she's getting, she's having her cake and eating it too, Andy. Right. Not a Should, we get, should we get a cake? I was wondering. I would love to see some of this marvelous shit. I would be delighted. I'll to order one right now. I um. That is, if it's all right with you, Jean-Luc. What's that about? Of course. Why is she torturing him? <laughs> I think she's having fun with it. I think she's got the upper hand on Picard always. Because if she, if he ever did anything snapbacky, he'd be like, "Oh, interesting. You weren't this, uh, you weren't this uh, thoughtful when you killed my husband, right? <laughs> and orphaned Wesley. That's the subtext <laughs> of <time>. everything, right? <laughs> but yeah, the fact that he told them told Bash about it, everyone in that trip to Risa is. Just well, completely out of character, insane. Well, the, I happened. think I think to your point, the, the insane, the, the truly insane part is the uh, is the fucking Picard, the Picard, <laughs> the Picard point for point uh, on all of uh, Riker's pickup lines. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. When would he have even witnessed that? Riker's not going to hit on Tell anyone in front of Picard. Not often. The captain is a very private man. Would you like something to drink? Please. I do like that Riker is immediately like, hello, and comes right up. Eternity never looked so lovely. Excuse me? I was referring it's, to the view, eternity. This would be a nice callback so if it is a callback. Is it, it, what did he say to Guinan when he was showing Wesley how to talk to women? It wasn't this. Yeah, would have been a real nice callback. Yeah. You must be Commander Riker. I'm afraid you have me at a disadvantage. I didn't mean to interrupt. This is, by the way, clear establishment of of, of Will Riker's Beta Z fetish. (laughs) This is so true. The grin that hits his face. Sure. Any of you are about to tell me that my eyes are as mysterious as the stars. Your Beta Zoid. Not at he all. He does seem delighted. It's just that Jean-Luc oh, does a very good <laughs> Not at all. Cut back. He's gone. Out of frame. <laughs> Not exactly. This is Vosh, a member of the Archaeology Council. And a friend of the captain's. So I gather. They met during his visit to Risa. On Risa? That vacation must have been better than he let on. 
You mean he never mentioned me to you either? This is the other crazy Dr. thing. Dr. Crusher, please report to sickbay. Why I'm would she expect to him tour. to mention her? I they mean, haven't seen each the other way, since the trip. Don't you think you'd be like, if you were Captain, even if you're Captain Picard, with everything yeah. we know about the character, don't you think you'd, there'd be a moment when you're like, uh, warp three to Starbase seven, we finished a mission, <laughs> and you turn around and go, you know, craziest thing happened when I was on Ryza. Right. Uh, time traveling aliens came to stop a that super weapon that I un- that I uncovered with the help of a woman named or Bosch. He minimally would have uh, have reports on it, but maybe he just did. Maybe he left out all the romance. Yeah, but still, you'd have to find at some point someone would have to. He'd. It is at least interesting enough that he potentially met time traveling terrorists or super cops. I mean, you raise an interesting point, which is imagine how much downtime they have sitting in those chairs. That's why I really like the occasional downbeat we get with right. them, you know, before the crazy thing happens. That's like us in the writer's room. Uh, it's less occasional. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, we're always waiting on the captain. They're just but sitting there. But perhaps Commander Riker could take over for me. It would be my pleasure. Mm. Is he, so he heard that this she's with the, the captain, bridge. and he's, uh, he's making a move anyway. And our last stop. <laughs> no, cool, this is not a move. This is him being charming, charming, friendly. charming friend uh, to the captain. It could be. Um, you wouldn't agree with that? I feel like the uh, the delivery of the lines were were uh, questionable. Well. Don't question everything too hard. Otherwise, we'll never watch Star Trek again. <laughs> Andy, what's your favorite kind of cake? Um, I like a, a basic um, box cake, a basic birthday yeah. cake. With Let's uh, pretend we don't. We can't get a hold of a basic birthday cake. With your classic frosting and yellow cake. Um, you know what? You're not wrong. That's the best cake. One of the best cakes on the planet, I think, is the Costco sheet cake. You know, the ones that come pre-made at the at supermarkets, I'm not as interested in for some reason. I don't know if that's, it's probably just a nostalgia thing. We got to get your interest up on these cakes, buddy. Yeah. We're going to make you What's r- yours? real healthy. Uh, Susie Cake Celebration Cake. Oh, yes. Of course Susie I Cake's Bakery. That. You don't like that one. That's what I would have told Vosh about you. <laughs> this guy. He loves the Susie Cake Celebration Cake. <laughs> You're Andy, right? <laughs> yes. You the, can't not eat anything put in front of you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the, the, you're not a betazoid to tell me that. Um, you got to watch me for more than a half hour. I guess what I'm trying to say to you, Andy, is I'm ordering a slice of cake right now. And if you want one, let me know. Um, are you out of the Weight Lace competition, my friend? Why can't I have a cheat day? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's a that's a bold move. Look, lots of, I'm by the way out. I like lots of BTS happening here for only David Garcia, who might be listening to this driving to work. Yeah, people are interested in weight loss competitions <laughs> that are listening to a Star Trek podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Do you want a slice of cake? Uh, of course, I want a slice of cake. Right. What am I? Someone that's not me. <laughs> uh, I don't. The only thing I don't like is. Um, I mean, there are plenty of things I don't like. I don't. I'm not crazy about buttercream. So if you're getting a buttercream thing, don't. Oh, give me I'm getting cream. that celebration cake, um, which is vanilla frosting. Great, great. And I'm not getting a whole cake. I'm just getting two slices. For but the, two the slices are giant, though. Right? They're they're a good size. Are you worried it's not enough cake for you? Uh, no, I b- I believe that I've been in. I think believe you've ordered those before to work, and they were huge. But maybe you ordered more than one slice. Mm, interesting. 
Look, I'm just asking. If you want something besides that, I can also order a no, whoopie. No, I, I can get you a whoopie pie. I want. Well, I feel like we should just order that because of what we're watching. But uh, <laughs> she's not even in this episode. <laughs> uh, but no, I will always go with the the Matt uh, the Matt choice. Yeah. All right. Great. All right, guys. Maybe it gets here when Eddie's here still. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. We'll find out. Of course, gets my cake again. Oh boy. Again. Hello. Something wrong, Lieutenant? I had not been informed that council members had been granted bridge clearance. Well, I think we can make an exception in this case. Once again, Worf is the only one acting reasonably. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Until he's like, nice legs for a human. (laughs) So weird. Is this where Jean-Luc sits? That's the big chair. This is so intrusive, this move. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I don't think it is. Because I think if no one's at the captain's chair right now, right? I assume yeah. it's like Data has the bridge, but Data's up at the science station with, with Jordy, um, and the chair's open, and someone's, a friend of the captain is getting a tour, and they're just sitting in orbit around a planet. I think it's like a, inviting a child to a pilot to a cockpit. She's acting like a child. I don't agree with any of your reasoning. She's an adult. She knows what Starfleet is. She's been on on, on ships that have a hierarchy and, and, and protocol. She's intentionally making everybody feel weird. By curling up her legs on the captain's oh, chair. Oh, I don't think she's doing who's that. Her, who's their superior? That doesn't read as intentional to me. It reads as just. Oh, I think she's definitely messing with everybody. Well, I mean, maybe. maybe I mean, I agree the... that she's also like, oh, it's John Luke's chair. Yeah, um, but it's look. If I had but fu- she's if not, I had fucked if Captain Picard that... on Riza, uh-huh. and then I was on the ship, okay, and there his first officer was inviting me up the bridge and I saw the bridge I'm like oh is that his chair and then I would also sit in it too you would without asking sit in the chair oh would I I mean I'd say can I <coughs> yeah because you're a fucking adult look hey and also you have respect for military program. Vaja <laughs> I don't think her name is Vaj 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 it's not I guess I'm saying a V-A-J Vaj Vash Vaj Leah Leah on hand. Sure. Well, I can see where being a starship captain has its rewards. Totes weird. I'm glad that you approve. I suppose I'll go back to my room now and get ready for the reception. By all means. She knows... His authority well, on the ship I is important. I see you then. Then. To him. I look forward to it. To his job. Yeah, he's going to be doing his job just fine. I don't accept that. Rumor around town is it might be we're trying to cast Brent next week for a role on the Goldbergs. It's minor. Oh, really? That's 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 uh, that, that was a rumor circling. Oh, fun. To which I was like, oh, of course. The week I'm not on set, you put him down. <laughs> Are you not going to be there? No. Maybe they got to get Secunda down there and make them best friends with You're writing. You stay writing. We need you to fish. Whatevs. Fascinating woman. Fascinating woman also sounds like he's. I like do love that we were in the middle of the podcast. Ordered, I ordered cake, and I, I'm leaving it in the show. It didn't bump me at all. I thought being the ship's counselor meant the captain confided in me. 
He does when he thinks it's necessary. By the way, I haven't had breakfast yet. So and he never spoke to you about me? <laughs> I didn't get oh, to go God. to Starbucks. What is he's, She's saying it again. He never spoke to you. They had one weird adventure where she lied to him most of the time, and they haven't seen each other since. Again. This lady is completely insane. I think that it's not that she's insane. It's just that she probably is a little more into him than she is. You know what I mean? Flip she, it. She never stops lying to him. Um, and and so I think she's manipulating him. And even later down, later on the show, he kind of breaks her down, and she's like, "All right, I came for these other reasons to make a lot of money and to fuck over all the people that are that are doing this archaeological stuff." But also because I like you, so I don't buy that. It's like, oh, it's hurt feelings. I mean, I know it is supposed to be hurt feelings, but the hurt feelings are insane. You know what? I'll allow it. Thank you. Should get a sound him? effect for that. You must understand, the captain is a very private man. I know. Okay, so let's cut through all this shit. Okay. Oh, well, now there's some stuff happening. Thanks. <laughs> oh, let's hear, let's hear Worf again. Excuse me. Of course. Nice legs. Before human. Totally out of character. Not not only out of character, but uh, I just think at an office party, inappropriate in 2019. Worf shouldn't say that. <laughs> maybe they're. We need to talk. Maybe they're post. We've swung back and post harassment. I don't know what that would be. <laughs> I like a Vulcan hanging oh, around yeah. on the ship. You know, I think that's a nice. Yeah, Vulcans are great at archaeology. Oh, they probably are. Very precise and specific. Well, the reception seems to be going well. Forget the reception. Hey, Matt. Yes, Andy. What if when we're crazy millionaires uh-huh. in our respective living rooms, yeah, we uh, we build uh, you know the, like the the bottom half of the saucer, and you got a star field in the background? Well, somebody's got to have done that. You know, my billionaire plan is cheers. bridge, bridge on the and uh, bridge in the attic. Uh-huh. Cheers in the basement. Cheers in the basement. Sure. <laughs> but I could do a ten forward. Sure. Why have you never mentioned me to your friends? That kind of sounds like. What would you have to tell Something me? in the sheets, something on the street. It's also, I like to think <laughs> of it as... This guy's a bridge in the attic, Iceland. cheers in the basement. You I know like, what I'm saying. I like to think of it as a horizontal uh, mullet. Horizontal Party mullet. on the top. <laughs> Business at the bottom. There you go. Uh, you know what I mean. Business at the top, party at the bottom. Hey, Matt, does the uh, does the bridge match the cheers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were both on Paramount, so yeah. <laughs> we adventure together, some fun. Wouldn't be possible. Why not? It would be uh, inappropriate. Yeah. I wasn't expecting you to go into intimate details. The captain does not reveal his personal feelings to his crew. Is that a Starfleet regulation? Or did you just make that up yourself? I'm what sorry if you're upset. Your issue, lady. And I'm sorry if my being here embarrasses you. What? The, where does it come from? Have they? You know what? Even if they established that they had been seeing each other, yeah, which wouldn't be that hard to establish. Oh yeah, we've seen each other a handful of times, and it's been hot and heavy, and stuff's happened, and we've I really mean, gotten you could to know even each do other. That in dialogue. Yeah, and I'll buy it off screen. Like, sure, a couple a of adventures. It, anything like this. This makes her seem crazy, and uh, and frankly, it's not fair to the character that is going to be gone soon. How was the reception? Splendid. 
I'm gonna have to take it out on Riker. Jean-Luc, it's wonderful to see you again. How about a big hug? How far into the show is this? It's not as far as I thought, because again, this is the slowest moving show in the in the history of Star Trek. It is 12 and a half minutes in, Andy. It's still a long time. It's a long time before we get to this move. Because you're totally right. It should should have been him in the teaser. Yeah, it's more interesting to me, I think, than than having Vosh return. I guess Vosh is less well-known, so you got to establish her first, but... Sure. By, you know, making, making sure everybody knows this is a, a volatile, crazy person that... Uh, Imagine some deep relationship with Picard that didn't exist, and she's a uh, also has no grasp of reality because she has forgotten how much she lied to him. <laughs> also, we saw time traveling aliens. Like, come on, that should be the lead story. <laughs> that is really that is really and the hard thing. Putting aside all of my of all of my stuff welcome. about her personality. <laughs> Did he tell you about the time-traveling aliens that we had to fight? <laughs> he really didn't even tell you about that. <laughs> he didn't tell you that we found a super weapon that was too dangerous to even exist in the time that it came from, that it was sent back here, and then time-traveling aliens came to get it, pretending to be actual time-traveling policemen? There was a Ferengi that almost became the most powerful being in the universe. <laughs> Nothing? Okay. Q, it's a pleasure to see you again, my old friend. We're not friends. You wound me, mon capitaine. There. Perhaps now your manners will show some improvement. What brings you here, Q? Have you been banished by the Continuum once again? Oh, hardly. They're still apologizing to me for the last time. I like and that. what is it you want? Do I always have to have a reason to stop by? Uh, so Q's growing on you, Andy. I think he is. On the on the scale of Q, let's <laughs> one say to Q. <laughs> one to Q, one being first, one being uh, for uh, encounter Farpoint. Okay. Q being now, uh-huh. where are you on the scale? <laughs> I think I'm a Q. Oh, wow. You're really doing it. I was merely in the sector. I was, uh... How <laughs> oh, you force a confession from me. The truth is, I have a debt to repay. A debt? To you. And it gnaws at me. And it interferes with each of my days. I have no idea what you're talking about. Without your assistance in our last encounter, I would never have survived. I would have taken my own life, but for you. We all make mistakes. That's a funny line. Yeah. That's good. Um, Good deed made possible my reinstatement in the continuum. Okay, so I guess the premise here is that Q has to repay the debt uh, of getting him not to kill himself. Uh, Then he offers him a chance to go down to the ruins. When I take you there. Which would have connected with everything we'd seen in the show up until now. That would mean breaking Tagyuan law. Must you always be so ethical? I suppose we could travel back in time. You could see what Tagus was like two billion years ago. They really knew how to party back in those days. My answer is still no. My leg will have to stand on its own. I mean, maybe they were like the coolest, most party animal people ever. Uh-huh. Maybe the entire planet was like risky business. Wow, that would be something. You never know. Yeah, it also seems weird for Q to wistfully think about the past because time should have no meaning to him. I feel like he's more just sort of saying, "Hey, here's an interesting detail." Hmm. Andy, you're very 
on the Q side of things right now. Really and now, will you please on the leave Q-tip. my ship? Matt. You are simply the most impossible person to buy a gift for. <laughs> Commander Riker, will you report to my ready room? No. <laughs> I don't like that he was in there. By the way, you didn't tell a... me about Vash. <laughs> Jesus, everyone. You have a by the way, which means that there's something interesting coming. What is it? I don't know if I want to wait. Oh, you're saving it. Yeah. You have a special moment. Um. Well, I have a. I have two theories. But one Andy, theory we have been we have we have had, know we've had so a, few theories from you as of late. We've had a theory dearth that I just think that the uh, that everyone who's uh, sorry I stopped the right. Ah, what's wrong with the ship, uh, Jordy? Jordy, Jordy, get over here. Um, Jordy, the sound went away. I can't wait to hear your theory. By the way, I'm excited about it, and, and part of me thinks we're gonna are we gonna have to wait till we get to Sherwood Forest. I don't remember. Okay. There's definitely it's it built slowly over this episode. He wants to do something nice. But this episode, this scene definitely already had a piece of it. This, this, this. I think is how do I describe this? This feels like a holdover from the first draft. Okay. That they never fixed. This Riker scene. This Riker moment, because it feels so. It feels so bald. It feels so underwritten. Uh huh. It, it's just crazy to me. Just the, this exchange of words just seems like this reads like I'm reading fan fiction. Ready? Yeah. Here we go. All right, Kurt, will you report to my ready room? Yes, Captain. I've just been paid a visit from Q. Q? Any idea what he's up to? He wants to do something nice for me. I'll alert the crew. <laughs> just the idea that he would go Q. Any idea what he's up to? Uh-huh. That line for me just like feels so. It's a totally unnecessary what? scene. Well, I, I will say this: you get the I, joke of "I'll alert the crew." Yeah, I like that. The, the last, the last couplet, I like. Right, but right. I just don't buy that Riker's going to walk in and go. When you think of all the scenes we've watched in conference, in the conference room where it's like the ship's going to be destroyed yeah. and them figuring stuff out, and and here it's just uh, heads up, uh, cues around. Heads up, the most powerful being we've ever encountered just visited my ready room. Any idea what he wants? <laughs> and also, Picard is just telling us what we just saw. I mean, he's just setting up the he end of that scene. He wants to do something nice for me. Uh-huh. Anyway, I like this moment the, where Picard's going through the halls and overshoots the quarters purposely. I also like that the dude in the hallway says... Uh, Captain. Yeah. You don't see that a lot. I know we yeah. talked about it. Captain. I like that a lot. That guy's Andy. got a great walk, that guy. That guy is uh, on, I assume, security. I thought security were Who's there? command. They're it's me. gold? Fourth. Who? He's the chief gold? of security, yeah. Oh. Wait, now you're colorblind, too? No. I'm this is out of control, Andy. Just, if just you had the full power things. of all your senses, yeah, you'd be unstoppable. I agree with that. <laughs> Believe me, I've thought that many a time. Yes? If only I was cute. I come in. What if I would be happier if I was Q? Probably not. 
I think we sort of discussed this last week. <laughs> Did we? In the sense of like, if you were if I was Barkley, all, right, yeah, if I was you were all knowing and everything, you wouldn't deal with humans. Right. I think it'd be a lonely existence for you. I think you were leaning on that pretty heavily. Is it cool? You were. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be engaging in, uh, in all this bullshit explaining myself to people, but uh, I would, uh, you know, I would keep you around and engage in conversations. Actually, I think you're right. I think I did say the reverse of that last week. <laughs> now that I'm saying it aloud, I'm like, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'd find smart people. The Tagulans would have catch you down there. Oh, come on. You gave me the same warning about Sarthong 5. I remember. Well, it didn't stop me from going there. I brought back some very impressive artifacts, too. Which no doubt you sold for a very impressive profit. Sarthong 5 I do. is the re- rice I'll effect. board my ship. I don't know. Ooh, let's find I'll out. I'll allow it. Because maybe they did see each let's other. Let's get one thing straight, trip. though, Picard. I cannot... Ch- Might be where she was headed off to at the end of the episode, right? Uh-huh. Maybe. Change who I am for you or anyone else. Nor can I change who I am. Then we have nothing more to say to one another. So it would seem... So I yeah. guess he's sad and that was scene. where she was going to go at the end of that episode. Um, and he was like, I don't think you should do that. They don't like trespassers. You said they get, they get executed, right? They're Something really like mining that? that terrible Rice episode. What's wrong? Think about who wrote it. Who wrote it? Ira Stephen Bear. Oh, sorry, think, Ira. Think about who's writing this one. Is he? Yeah. Oh. Think about who writes... The only other time we see Vosh in the history of Star Trek is a uh, Deep Space Nine episode. That's uh-huh. kind of a spoiler for Andy. But guess who wrote that one? Guessing this same guy. Yeah. But he, but people... It can't be for the character payment, right? He's got to enjoy this character. I would assume it's out of, out of a... Because she, w- she went out with Patrick Stewart. So I assume it's out of... Yeah, but even... Doing a solid to, to Patrick Stewart. Well, I don't think it's... I don't think they wrote the character for this person, right? I think that he wanted. I know he wanted Picard to have a love. Episode. No, I think he. No, was, I think it was like. I believe it's on wasn't record. It, wasn't it like I want? I need the captain to get laid or something. And I think there was that. Yes, right. And then you know, I thought the casting was. It's not like they wrote. I don't think they did. They write the role for uh, for Vaj. Maybe they were for just Jennifer Hendricks. Like, impossible. They were foolishless. Cute. Part four. I knew there was something different about you. You seem tense, preoccupied, somewhat smaller. At right. first I thought it was that horrible lecture of yours, but I was mistaken. Whatever game it is you want to play, we'll have to wait until tomorrow. All right. I, I think I can do it here. Where are all the bathrooms at? Who let an android have a cat? Is Data just pretending to be so dim? No one knows the answers. Least of all him, it's Andy's theory. So it's hard for me to kind of clarify the exact direction. It's definitely in the same direction as the Riker theory, where Q is in, in love with Picard. I no, think it explains a oh, lot of his behavior. Yeah, okay. But I think that I think that Q's bent is much more sexual and fetishy and voyeuristic. Um 
and uh, and I think it explains almost all of his behavior. Like, why does he keep hanging around this guy? Why does he keep coming back? Why does he keep engaging with him on a mortal basis and not as an omnipotent being? It's because he wants to really engage him and connect with him and emotionally, you know, involve himself in his life. And uh, he's constantly doing stuff like showing up in his room and staring at him and watching him. And... That I mean, the thing we just heard is definitely weird, and we don't it doesn't bump us because we know Q. It's just Q being Q. But I think if you put it in that context, I think it fits pretty neatly. So your theory, just as, just the bullet point of your theory is yes, Q has a hard on for Picard. Okay, <laughs> sorry if I'm being uh, um, what's the word? Classless. I apologize. Crass. Crass. That's what I was looking for. Uh, I think it's more like pet. I know that that's how it's zoo, zoo keeper. But if it was pet, I don't think that he would dignify the conversation as much as he does. Well, if Bo could talk, I'd have a lot of deep conversations with him. But if Bo could talk, then he would be your friend. And I think that Bo probably doesn't really like me as much, which is what Picard is doing here. What do you mean he doesn't like you as much? Like it's maybe you know Picard does. It's not Picard's not returning the affection. Sure, of the pet playing, owner. Yeah, I don't know if he's playing hard to get, but I think that's how it's being received. But like if Omar was talking, yeah, you'd probably sit there and watch Omar sleep and go, "Hey, Omar." <laughs> I mean, I I spend too much time <laughs> involving myself in whatever oh, Omar's doing anyway. God. But I, I thought th- you were a bit more evolved than the rest. Just the tone of all this. Keep playing it. A species. But now I realize you're just as weak as all the others. Still, it pains me to see the great Jean-Luc Picard brought down by a woman. See what I'm saying? What woman? <laughs> Don't play coy with me, Captain. I witnessed your little spat with Vosh. Nor will I soon forget the look of anguish on your face, the pain, the misery. If I didn't know better... I would have thought you were already married. You must be very bored, Q. Your imagination is running away with you. This human emotion, love, it's a dangerous thing, Picard. And obviously you're ill-equipped to handle it. I only feel She's lust. She's found a vulnerability in you. A vulnerability I've been looking for for years. If I'd known sooner, I would have appeared as a female. Huh? Look, I think your theory is, is reasonable, holds water in the sense that, like, the words that he's saying, sure. All right. I'm not here to poo-poo your theories. I'm not I saying. don't think I've disagreed with them. I wasn't. I wasn't saying it in a defensive way. I was just saying, yeah, how about that? That's all I was saying. Um, you're going to love it when Susan... Pla- you must have seen it. It's a Voyager episode. Oh, yeah. Susie Plaxon. Susie Plaxon, yes. She shows up as the female Q. Yes. I, I don't remember liking that one as much. Keep her a Klingon, I say. I thought you liked her as Solar. Oh, you're right. I did like her better as Solar. <laughs> Keep her a Vulcan, he says now. Words, she eventually grew on me as a Klingon. This is your Achilles heel. Believe what you wish. Do you deny that you care for this woman? He's jealous. Believe me, I'd be doing you a big favor if I turned her into a Clabian eel. Stay away from her, Q. <laughs> I was just trying to help. 
by debt to you. Is hereby nullified. I don't want your help, your advice, your favors. Or for that matter, you. Do you understand? Once and for all. You would have me stand idly by as she led you to your destruction? Yes. As you wish. Side note. Yeah. I say as you wish here. And then later, when they're sword fighting, uh, he says... Um, uh, 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 I don't know, something else that was like a... Princess Bride? Yep. Oh, there's there's something you should know as they're sword fighting. Tree that has say. invited more... Up- I'm not left-handed. Bad editing. That yeah, was terrible. Oh, my God. Like, to, to, to draw it out for that many different cutaways to other people fighting <laughs> than to go back to that like it's going to have any sort of impact. So true. It was crazy. Also, I, you know, I don't blame them for that they didn't have room more for more space on the set, but the whole thing felt so cramped and weird and not satisfying. And it looked terrible. That's what I meant. I mean, just even like the fact that like it, none of it, nothing, oh, just the nothing yeah, looked, yeah. no, nothing looked real. Yeah, I agree. Meaning the wall. Even, wh- no rocks. Why? Why is he? Why is he parsing it out like this? Yeah, he's, he's making Q the and hats he's, appear. Because he's Q and, and he's mischievous. That that didn't bum me. You know what? It's not a New good mischief. No one said he was good at it. I think that's how, what we're supposed to think about him. Putting a turkey leg in Dana's oh, hand. This brings me to my other, my other Q theory. Mm-hmm. But I believe this must be a theory that is around. Um, so you tell me. Um, I don't think Q is that powerful. I think he's slightly smarter and slightly has has like powers that are just outside of human uh, understanding, but not omnipotent by any stretch of the imagination. Andy's theories are very interesting because he's really smart. I've missed you, theme. Um, nah, he's pretty omnipotent. Based on what? There's no. I guess I was there's thinking, no one that there's no one ever in anything that defeats the Q. Uh huh. You know what I mean? I guess I was thinking about um, Arda. What was her name? The the Devil's Due Lady. Ardra. Ardra. Yeah. And how it was all fakes, fake, yeah. fake stuff. And I guess I feel like she he's more powerful than her, but I think there's a lot of there's maybe a lot of uh, you know, trickery going on. Because he just makes so many intellectual mistakes. He never seems to know really what's going on in a room well, that I he's think not it's in. Also because he's under And even in the uh, scene, Well, he's not omnipresent. He's omnipotent. Uh huh. He's not everywhere always. But if you were omnipotent, couldn't you do a bunch of things to make yourself Omnipresent? Yeah. I don't I mean, know. It seems like it takes a lot of effort. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's a weird position to be in, to be, quote, omnipotent, but then you have to peek into a lady's room to see what's going on, like he does in this episode. Well, he didn't peek in. He peeks in through the ceiling. Oh, did he? Yeah. Uh, I think that's not for the audience. I mean, that's not for Q, it's for the audience, that sort of situation. Well, that's the information. If nothing else, only raises a new set of mysteries, and I hope that we can discuss them here together. There have been 900 
and 47. What do you think of these uh, double takes? Everyone's doing a double take. <laughs> this, is a, this is a double take parade. Known archaeological excavations conducted on the planet's surface. Of those, some 74 are generally believed to have revealed findings of major importance. The earliest was some 22,000 years light? ago. These people are weirded out by all the hats. It's the triumphant plot taking a pointless turn music. Oh my god. Oh, this episode. Like how I just don't understand. How do you not even drop the words Robin Hood earlier in the show before you make this move? Give me a fucking holodeck simulation of someone pretending to be Robin Hood. Something. It's crazy. I mean, and then the way they have to parse it out to the like the words they, like what they have to the, the hoops they're jumping through here do this Matt if you're not gonna do even the holodeck thing when you're talking about Targus 3 just like oh there's it's a rich mythology and folklore why there was a character that was very similar to our Robin Hood who blah 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 oh Andy I'm sold let's put it in yeah get a bear on the line Cue. how many of these how many Q act breaks and with it's Q. Q. <laughs> Q. <laughs> there are many Q oak trees on Tagus. No. 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 I think this is supposed to be Earth. Somewhere around about the 12th century. And this is England, or to be more precise, Sherwood Forest, at least Q's recreation of it. That will explain these costumes. Quite right, number one. Or should I say, John Little. Well, if he's little John, that makes you... I know. Robin Hood. Sir, I protest. I am not a merry man. On the contrary, Lieutenant Worf. Your clothing identifies... Biggest laugh in the history of Star Trek. <laughs> I, uh, I hear what you're saying. Oft quoted. But I enjoy Michael Dorn's performance. Sure. I, here, I'll tell you what I don't enjoy. Yeah. The fact that my chief of security... Yeah. Who knows how to fight with swords? <laughs> this drove me insane. And a batliff. This drove me so crazy. <laughs> is defeated by a sixty-year-old pot-bellied horseman. <laughs> Not to mention, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's classic. It's classic wharf. But the guy comes up on the horse with the sword. He doesn't even come at them. Wharf runs over to him and just goes for a kill shot. It's violent. Just as Geordie's mandolin identifies him as Alan Adale. And you, Mr. Data, bear a striking resemblance to Friar Tuck. I will not play the fool for Q's amusement! Unless someone comes at us with a horse. <laughs> then I will be immediately engrossed. It also frankly seems like this actor is quite pulling off the horsing. The horsemanship. The is, equest... equest is, what is it? Equest... Equestrian? Equestrian. I have you at last, Robin Hood. (laughs) This is... I don't know. Can you... You have the script? Yeah. Can you pull this up and I guess go to I have you at last, Robin Hood? Um, I guess maybe if you can search the PDF like that. If you can't, don't worry about it, but... 
is this scripted? You at last, this right action now. is this action scripted? Tell me what it says. Okay. Uh, it examines his stomach. Oh, I see. I, I wonder if he was supposed to be fat originally. Did they make him a fat guy in this? Who? Data. It says Data examines his stomach. After yeah, he's Friar Tuck, so he's got a big. But did they give it to him? I don't. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's packing it on there. Um, Now play the fool for Q's amusement. He takes off the cap, looks at it in disgust, slams it to the ground. Blah blah blah. They react to a horse's shrill whinny and turn to see. It's an omitted scene. Sir Guy of Gisborne, mounted on a sleek charger, sword drawn, a heavy at last, Robin Hood. As he charges at Picard, new angle. Worf draws his own sword to defend his captain. Another angle, Sir Guy rides past Worf, cutting him across the shoulder with his sword. Worf is ready to fight on, but suddenly an arrow slams into a tree next to Picard. So that whole, the fight is not really, it's more that Sir Guy charges past Worf. Which would have made much more sense. And and slashes him, which also would have made much more sense. Way, 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 way more sense. And clearly they did this for blocking so that they already had the horse in the shot. And it's like, why don't you just run over, which is the classic... Let's directorial decision that people will make to get through the pages faster and ruin and ruin the, the words basically undermining your character with that decision I mean a thousand percent to have him go to the ground like that yeah like wouldn't it be much cooler if it was him riding by and he gets sliced in the shoulder it doesn't he doesn't yeah, really he get bothered fighting. by it he of just course. keeps fighting of course not for him to get knocked to the ground uh, fighting a, a stationary guy on a horse for a stationary old man on a horse. <laughs> Marina Sirtis and Gates McFadden were the only members of the cast that were trained in sword fighting, but only the men were allowed to use the that. Swords. Makes me so enraged because later they they make them like girls in a fifties like food fight. They're like. Whoa! I don't oh I'll hit this uh, guy with the bread what about when they take the clay pot over the that's what I'm metal saying. helmet oh Jesus and that somehow knocks the guy out and they, the helmet is specifically designed to defend against just such action I wonder if they have the thing in the script where I have a feeling it was just it was just a decision in the moment because later uh, Troy is sort of teaching Data how to shoot a bow and then they play it Data like a, is treating, teaching Troy how to shoot a bow. Troy is teaching Data. Oh, is it the reverse? Yeah. No, I she, think, no, no, no. I think it's the reverse. he gets hit with an arrow, and she goes, your aim is getting better. Oh. Oh, that makes more sense. Oh, Q show. Q's, Q's here, everybody. Q's here. Let's... Oh, uh, Andy. Yeah. Let's just talk about our bad, our bad doctor returning to form Kay. once again. All right. All right. Maybe they switch her. I don't know if you know this, but uh, in medical school, what they teach you, of course, is every time you have an open wound, you, of course, want to apply pressure to get the bleeding to stop. Okay. What they don't tell you is to slap the wound super hard when you're done. Uh Uh-huh. I've managed to stop the bleeding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just crazy. Anyway, another horse whinnying, and here we go, which I didn't even know was a thing until... It's about time you showed this up. script told I would that. prefer if you addressed me as his honor, the High Sheriff of Nottingham. We will no longer share in this pointless fantasy of yours. Fine, stay here and do nothing. By midday tomorrow, your crew will be safely aboard their ship. Of course, you will have to accept the consequences of your inaction. 
consequences. What is the one thing that Robin Hood is most famous for? He robs from the rich and gives to the poor. Besides that. I mean, that's the correct answer. Perhaps you are referring totally, to the Totally the correct answer. Yeah. I mean, just a dumb question to ask there, Q. You have made Marion What's from the second Castle? most famous yes, thing about David. Robin Hood? And it just He so hangs out with Little John. That's a guy of giz- What is the third most famous thing about Robin Hood? He split an arrow. What is the fourth most famous thing about Like, the saving of Maid Marion really is, honestly, to the general public, just pretty far down the list. He hangs out with a bear that reminds me of Has Baloo. Has that Marion's head shall come off tomorrow oh, at noon. Oh, Andy, that's the Disney Robin Hood. That's the Gosh. only true Robin Hood to me. It's your choice, Robin. Man in tights. You can either take your you ease like in it? this sylvan glade. Yes, I was also 12 All right. when it came out, so. Or risk your life to save the woman you care nothing about. My feelings toward Vash are irrelevant. I would attempt to save any innocent life, as you well know. Yes, but what about your merry men? Are you willing to jeopardize their lives as well? Is Vosh's life worth more than Data's or Troy's or Worf's? You know, Worf, you'd make a perfect throw rug in Nottingham Castle. Q, I ask you to put an end to this before someone gets hurt. Oh, that's impossible. You see, I've given this fantasy, as you call it, a life of its own. I have no more idea what's going to happen than you do. But of one thing I'm absolutely sure. If you dare come to Nottingham Castle, blood will be spilled. Yeah, I mean, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, what do you have to say? I have nothing to say right now. It's. I have nothing to say about this. I mean, this is the problem with the with the Q plot in general. He tries to make it like I don't have any control over it, therefore anything can happen. But it's still like you're omnipotent and you're untrustworthy. So, and you're acting like you're playing fair, and then you just popped out of out of view. So, it's like the stakes are removed down to nothing from zero. Oh, here's a fun thing, Andy. Yeah. Here's a here's a Secundus claim to fame for Clive Revel, Sir Guy of Ginsborn. Hooray! He was the voice of the Emperor in <gasps> Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, wow. Actually, um, I, did you hear... Um, um, His performance was deleted and replaced with Ian McDermott's. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, the, no, I know. Did you hear? Editions. Did you hear Gourley's interview with this guy? With a Clive Revel, no. Yeah, I thought it was a really a great performance. This guy, I kind of liked it better than the other Emperor. I they're, think it was they're creepier. Both, they're both pretty arch. Yes, but this guy was more otherworldly and creepy. I thought Matt does a whole breakdown of the eyes. They used monkey eyes, and they did a bunch of stuff on the original Emperor, and then they replaced it with the uh, the other guy. Weird. George Lucas, you weird. Eat Lady Marion. I'm prepared to offer you one last chance to change your mind. Putting a Willow episode, um, reference Will you marry in the me? episode that I'm writing. I see. Then the execution will proceed as scheduled. I can see it. What execution? Oh, by the way. 
He says he's got to he buy want, away. He wants to marry her. Yeah. And her response is to slap him. That's the only information she has. Like, okay, be weirded out by it. But by the way, he's not weirded out because that is in character for that character. Sure. So weird. She's acting completely crazy in this episode. I mean, it's not something we we don't have a lot of investment in her, but very written very strangely all the way through. I warn you, Marion, this pathetic attempt at feigning madness will not save your life. You mean I'm the one being executed? Sir Guy, wait a minute. Couldn't we talk this over? Why wouldn't that be your first approach? I admit, I haven't been myself lately. I don't know that she knows that she's in Robin Hood, trying to piece it together, maybe. I got nothing for you. Did you like the uh, mandolin destruction? It's right out of Animal House, right? I guess. Look up Animal House. I don't need to. It's in my brains, Andy. Well, you don't remember it. No, no, but you're saying it's right out of Animal House, and I'm saying, yeah, I guess that's out of Animal House. It's not the first person to break a mandolin in a Robin Hood picture. Hang on a second. That I made up. He's probably the first person to break a mandolin in a Robin Hood picture. (laughs) What a strange episode of Star Trek this is. I gave my love a cherry that had had no John Belushi comes over. I gave my love a story Listen to Day play no He's looking around being hilarious I give Sorry mm, Sam Cook twisting the night away Did you hear that? He said sorry Sorry, yeah it's Exactly the same I don't believe it I mean it's that probably Anything except a direct reference, which I respect. It was funny. Well, it says it right here, buddy. Homage to Bluto and Stephen Bishop. Well, you, the Togo party. You know what? I spotted it. You seem to not have remember it. I showed it to you, and then you're saying it's on Amazon. Uh, you know, I was ahead of the curve here. Well, in fact, yes, I will say for the listeners, a good point that Andy was ahead of the curve because he brought this up before he saw this thing on the Amazon X-ray. It's true. Credit where credit's due. Guys, no I, credit to you, Iris Stephen Bear. I well, I don't know. I you know except I think, a teleplay and story by credit. I think it's a funny thing to put in here. I wouldn't mind this kind of joke in the thing, and of course, Dorn nails it. I mean, all the bright spots of this episode are Michael Dorn. I agree. She's aiming at that tree. We're seeing the tree. Uh huh. Data. Really dumb. Are you all right? I kind of like that we find out that he can be shot by an arrow and kind of be. <laughs> I also like that the the detail that he has panels on his head instead of just a clean bald head. Data. Oh, does he? Yeah. Are oh, you neat. all right? Access panels. Oh, I like that. That's great. Andy likes it. We should have a Andy likes it jingle. Sure. Andy's amazing. standing. We're standing at the desk now. We're going to do a standing he podcast. He's not standing up, though. <laughs> hey, you have a little candle going here. You really made it romantic. This You're is, like uh, the cue to my Picard. Yeah, I just want you to sex me up, buddy. Yeah. Uh, this is a Pirates of the Caribbean scented <gasps> candle. 
from the magic and stuff. Though I don't, I don't get it. Honestly, the company that is amazing. I don't know that it smells like it's supposed to. This is a podcast, so the arrow it. impacted just above my sixth intercostal this for free? penetrating no, 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 my I secondary subprocessor. I like it. Fortunately, I don't, none of my biofunctions seem affected. Exactly like that. But. Do not be concerned, counselor. I believe your aim is improving. We've got to get out of here, Captain. Not we, number one. I want you and the others to stay here until I return. That was that information useful. We've got to get out of here. <laughs> Everything he says. Yeah. I feel bad for Frakes. Any idea lunch. what he wanted? <laughs> <sighs> this episode really drives me crazy. In so many different ways. There's any not anything interesting, I guess. There's this scene... And everyone insists on calling me Marion. Yes, I know. Oh, Jesus you do. Christ. But how? You're Robin Hood. My staff and I were brought Come here on. by an old You don't see that outfit, and that's not the first. Well, I don't I'll know. I'll tell you the rest of that when we're safe. We don't have much time. And the others are outside. They're waiting for us back at Sherwood Forest. You, you mean you came here alone? That's right. Now, come what on. Kind of There's also that? It's an actual one. Just hurry up. You do realize our lives are at stake here? Only to well. And this is the best strategy you could come up with? One man against an entire castle? You I feel like one. this is the kind of thing that How Patrick about... Stewart might have been, like, into. Like, I want it to be kind of, you know. Yeah. Uh, what's the word? Capery. Capery. That wasn't you the think word this is capery? I thought he was just into the idea of dressing in tights and I don't know what they're wearing like, swords. I know, I, you got, we gotta go. And, oh, that the playing out the, the scene like yeah. that, like uh, like it's a space moonlighting. Exactly. There we go. Oh, space moonlight. What a great idea, Andy. It's yours. Thanks. For the low low price of a billion dollars. Wow. It's a billion dollar idea. I honestly would do space anything. You go. I'll stay here. And do what? Marry Sir Guy if I have to. Well, that's brilliant. If there's a way to escape, I'll find it. Her eventually. plan actually does seem With my better. head still attached. Agreed. You really believe I would leave you here? I can take care of myself. You are the most stubborn woman I ever knew. Hey! There'll be no escape for you this time, Robin Hood. Everything's so... I hate this episode. You know, and I and I didn't discover that I hated it until doing this podcast with you, Andy, huh. because it's just like an episode that I always kind of just ignored. Yeah, remembered the you know remembered the couple of fun moments, but just went past that and just would never watch it. You're living in London, before you know. Yeah, but you well, when you approach it, otherwise they'll kill it. Particularly do when we're together from a story perspective. Out. It's it's like there were like people in three like different this. writers' rooms. for my last words. I had no idea that you were so ruthless. That's most gracious of you. I admit I was surprised, but no more surprised than Jean-Luc. Your cue. Yes. He's told me so much about you. You are a very interesting woman. He didn't tell you anything about me? What is this? (laughs) Give that to me. Let it go, Jesus. A letter to Riker. Quick. Come to the castle. Save the captain. This is wonderful. What marvelous duplicity. You certainly fooled Sir Guy, and me as well. I think you're worth further study. Am I? Yes, but unfortunately, we just don't have the time. Whew. I don't know what anyone's learning about anything here. It really is. It's so much... 
what we call in the business. Alan Chester, Robin, but a futile one. Farewell. I hope the two of you are happy together. You have been found guilty of outlawry and high treason. Do you have anything to outlawry. say before sentence is carried out? I. Prepare them for the block. Even that's ridiculous. The Do you have anything I, to say? I didn't. Mm, I guess not. Data. We need a diversion now. All right, here's another thing. You know what? Data's arm explosives. You got a super powerful android. You just give him a bow and arrow. And you got his. You got all a, over. You got a super powerful android who is arrow proof. <laughs> Arrowproof moves in fast motion, super speed. You know what, Andy? I hadn't thought about that until you're saying it right now. This is ridiculous. No, I have to go. I can't risk you guys. We do have a very powerful android. I mean, all right, the Klingon kind of blew it earlier, but... Uh... Oh, my God. I hate this. I hate this episode. <laughs> This is this episode is driving me fucking crazy. I mean, that's a solution to the. Oh God! All right. Well, filming at the what's Well, filming at the the fight scene with the castle guard, Jonathan Frakes was injured from the stuntman's sword after it broke through the Little John quarterstaff, and he had to be taken to the hospital in his Robin Hood era clothes. Frakes later remarked how funny it is that no one in the Hollywood hospital thought it was a weird thing to have happened. Alright. Here we go. I like that she kicks the guard off. Listen to the r- rhythm of this. Now we should be saying, well, there's something you should know. Yeah. And what's that? I'm not from Nottingham. Yeah. That's the rhythm of that. Sure. Listen. You can listen. You don't have to watch everything. If you're editing something, just listen to it. Don't give the ladies anything to do but break pots on people's heads. Even though they were the ones that had sword experience. That is truly offensive. By the way, we haven't even gotten to the second line of this thing yet. Yeah. That's something you should know. And what would that be? I'm not from nothing. Stab it for a second. Sure. No, curious. Where's that coming from? I don't think that's coming from the thing, is it? I can't really tell where that is coming from, Andy. Why are you playing a terrible audio version of Princess Bride? This is the only one that was available, but I don't know where the... Could it just be the sound? Is that bad? Could be. On the clip? Anyway. Well, we all know the Princess Bride. We all know in... in hang on. It's Montoya. And Nico Montoya. Thank you. Uh, and the musical stylings of Mandy Patinkin. Sure. 
All right, kills that person. Da 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 da. Courage, self sacrifice, tenderness. By the way, oh, you're good. You're really good. Enough. What's the what's the by the way, Andy? Set up the story differently because it kind of feels like it's leaning into it anyway. And Picard is reacting like this. Set it up that Picard is dealing with some emotional thing. He feels pressured. He feels isolated. If only he could kind of express himself in a more active way where he doesn't he doesn't get to go down to the planet. Sure, that's and another... that is the gift that Q gives him. And he, this is his adventure he enjoys. To go down to the planet? I don't know. Whatever. To be Robin Hood. I don't know. Something. I don't know, I don't know that you like, can help Like tie it. the Robin Hood thing to the gift that, that he's giving him. But it's like this muddied stuff about <laughs> the gift. Vash. The gift is that uh, he was planning, right? According to Doctor Doctor Trek, that Q's plan was to get him to um, admit that he was in love with to get them both to admit they had feelings for each other. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Indeed. Is everyone here? Where's Vosh? Computer. Okay, Council Member Vosh. Council Member Vosh is not aboard the Enterprise. Weird. That's too bad. Where are the other people? Where are the other archaeologist people? How much time passed? Yeah. A lot of questions. What do you think, buddy? How much time passed? How much time do you think passed? Uh, maybe a day or two. Hello, Jean-Luc. But she's been to. Well, this she's is already really, been on an adventure. I thought that perhaps Q had found well, you. Well, he had some things to discuss with me. Never established what? Indeed. Surprised he's not busy gloating over his victory. He was right about one thing, you know. As ridiculous as it was, his game did prove that you still care. I may not show my feelings to my crew. But I do have them. I'm gonna miss you, Jean-Luc. So, where are you off to now? I haven't made up my mind. After all, she has the entire universe to choose from. Meet my new partner. Him. Why not? I'll tell you why not. Now, Jean-Luc, let's not be unkind. So weird. I don't, I don't have anything to tell you right but now. But to add to my theory, uh, I think that Q is either willing or perhaps primarily interested in uh, being in a threesome with them <laughs> or in uh, observing whatever happens between them. Which you see in a moment. Because um, in a moment... Uh, they start to kiss and he pops out and then he pops back in to watch he is certainly voyeuristic Andy Secunda he's voyeuristic and he has a Picard fetish I gotta tell you yeah. oh I, I, I'm sorry I, uh... this might have gone from being an episode I tolerated to being my least favorite episode of Star Trek <laughs> <laughs> uh, triumphantly going off to the next episode the drum hit. Wow. Um, and that ending with them both going off together is completely crackers also. 
Matt's having some trouble with this earphones. I am. Well, Andy, it's time to. Oh yeah. Hit a sound cue. Very good. one did anybody do anything i guess data saves them at one point sort of oh come on this is this is garbage there's no one i think it's it's war for, for being ah no that, that, that's more the only, of a, the only that's funny more one a, that's uh, <laughs> yes honestly the only one for bringing any joy into this but that was going to bring me more into like our our most valuable cast member territory of the patreon bonus episodes but uh, I fucking hate this episode. Is it, does even Picard do anything? No one does anything. If no one does anything, then Data does something. He doesn't do much. I hate this. I don't even want to. I don't even want to do it. Does anyone do anything even on the ship? Riker doesn't do anything. Geordi doesn't do anything. Worf tries to fight and fails. I guess Picard kills the sheriff or the whatever he is, Sir Guy. Um, he doesn't even really outthink Q. Can I give an episode no valuable crew members? This might destroy everything. Red, red no one is valuable here. I mean, everyone is valueless. Data did the. The, the thing with the exploding thing even though all he should have done what was, was that though? instantly exploding parts <laughs> I guess so what was that I don't know show I would have preferred that they showed him making something that was explosive like a fucking Kirk and arena when he makes the gunpowder yeah I would say data but uh, Brad if there's a way we can vote for no one, We'd like to vote for no one, but if you cannot accept no one into your heart, then we'll both go with data, because I'm not going to argue about it, because, sure. Andy's theory. That's inappropriate. Andy's theory is. Snotty. <laughs> Read on that. Um, Why'd you play the Andy's oh, theory? I'm sorry. The Andy's? Oh, man. I, I, think I thought I, you were, like, having another theory. No, I think yeah. I did that I did that twice, uh, twice, in, a, twice in two weeks in a row. some other method of ranking we're working on it they're both from Stephen Rains that's why I was got confused my apologies alright uh, this one is a solid uh, one yeah so your bottom episode is a one yeah isn't that should, is your bottom episode a zero is that what you're telling me I don't know it's, wouldn't it be yeah no one is the bottom yeah. for me yeah um, yeah I'll go with one I'll agree I can't believe it that's very funny to me that this is our least favorite episode so far well, I'm trying to think if there's anything. You know what? I enjoy. 
<laughs> oh this, boy! How about this turn of events? I enjoyed Q in the episode. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Uh, uh, but you know what? Also, I have to keep the I have to keep the floor open because I know there's going to be a couple visitors. Okay. Uh, I give it a I give it a two. I gotta give it a two as well. Yeah. I give it a two as well, just because okay. I know there is there's more coming. Yeah. Ugh. All right, <laughs> that does go. it for that, everybody. Sorry, guys. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this was <laughs> what you guys wanted to hear. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I don't know. People, I think people really like Cupid. It feels like I just that feels like it a does fan seem like favorite. that's one that people are very fond of. Um, I think it's again. I think it's the fucking. It's the moments. It's the moments that people remember rather than the whole thing. Right. Um. All right. I mean, it's time, Andy, to view the trailer for next week's episode. I think I did pretty well for Zero Sleep. Um, Well, you did very well if your goal is to get an Instagram full. I mean, in terms of this podcast, I would say that I made as many or less mistakes than usual. I think you're more awake than you have been for 85% of them, (laughs) which is alarming to me. All right. Anyway, here we go. Ready? Trailer. Here we go. A mysterious accident uncovers sabotage on the Enterprise. The Federation does have enemies. We must seek them out. A ruthless interrogator stops at nothing to find a traitor. I'm going to get to the heart of this conspiracy. I'll fight it. And Captain Picard becomes the target of a Starfleet witch hunt. I brought down bigger men than you, Picard. Justice hangs in the balance on Star Trek The Next Generation. I mean, if you love uh, Star Trek Picard, Picard speeches that have powerful meaning just, even today. I don't like all the synthy, weird drum music they put in these trailers. It makes it sound crappier than the episode. Than the giant orchestral score they would do every week. Yeah, why don't they just do that? I don't know. I don't know that they know how to do that. You just take it from the show. Andy, it's time to say farewell to those of you who are not as cool as the President's Circle because we must return to thank our patrons. Uh, if you'd like to become a patron and be thanked in the swanky president's circle, uh, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Two episodes a month. I mean, we're plowing through these these Marvel movies. We're hitting a, the Avengers this week. Month. Matt, do you want to set a new counter now that we're at 500 for the... Next mm-hmm. five hundred, maybe maybe a Battlestar Battlestar oh, episode. Five hundred more people sign up, we yeah. can finally stop doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what they want. That's only what we want. Oh, damn it! How about if we hit five hundred patrons, we stop doing the podcast? <laughs> Don't say that. We already hit the five patrons, five hundred patrons. If we hit five more patrons, uh, we can go to sleep. Uh, Doesn't mean that, guys. Oh, I like this new way of handling this. He's putting it on a screen. All right, Andy. Are you ready? Yeah. Wait, do we have to go in? No, I'm going to get us there. Yeah. Okay. We have to, first of all, we got to go through this door. (laughs) Then we got to go through this door. Oh, I guess I don't. No, you can do it. Usually you beat us right And here we go. Ugh. This door is still broken. The United Federation of Planets Presidents Circle. That was harmonizing. 
Wow, here we are again in the president's circle, everybody. Nice. We're still walking on sunshine. So it's time to thank you guys. Get your name right on the podcast each month. Uh, Big thank you to our president's circle members. Ladies and gentlemen. Lieutenant. Oh, go for it. By the way. Lieutenant Aaron N. Lieutenant Christopher Finagy. Joseph Morin. Ben Badenock. Oh, I skipped that. How did I do that? I Alexis uh, Boussier. I'm going to say Boussier as well, Andy. Mr. Bundy, thank you. Andrew Gibson, what's up? Lieutenant Brandon Callinger. Oh, look, everybody. It's Michael Yatsko. And over there is Tucker Powers. Hello, Tuck. Fire oh, Tuck. Hey. Hi. I like the episode. He loves this episode. Edward Ingram is here. Lieutenant Timothy Cullen. Andrew. Yes. No, I'm thanking Andrew. Oh. It's a different Andrew. Lieutenant Joel Cude. Jason Brown. Jeff Kelso. Chuck Day. Dan McLeod. Brian Hughes. Michael Howe. Darren Dishing. I say Dishong. Well, then Dishong it is. Lieutenant Gary Martinez. Jesse Glassby. Richard Davis. CC Sadler. Rob Rini. Masato, Keita, Tim, Siebel. I believe Siebel that is, is correct. Siebel. He phonetically spelled it for us. Ernesto Castagna. Stephen Herman. Kyle Thompson. Vincent Neri. Oh, my God. It's Troy Ray, everybody. Rebecca Shavita. Shavita. Spelled it phonetically again. Jesse Hendricks. Derek Hawkins. Robert Denton. Lieutenant Claire Powells. Kyle Vester. Lieutenant Eric Maughan. Hooten Waddle. Raymond. Kathleen Guzman. Lieutenant Christopher P. Gill. Kristen Scalisi, the goddess of carbs. Luke Cummins. I'd say Cummins. Luke Cummins. Samuel Ribasel. Ribasel? Ribasel. Amanda Bootwell. Kristen Dees. Adam Rogers. Maida Fakenham. Nicole Frost, Nicholas Frost. That sorry. and uh, Nicholas Frost was the last Nicole one for the week. Nicholas Frost. No, there is a Nicholas Frost. There is no Cole. Lieutenant Nicholas Frost, thank you so much for being with us. All right. Guys, we'll see you all next week on the podcast for the Drumhead. Stay tuned to your Patreon feeds for more action and adventure. And some Avengers finally assembling. Nice. And a script Andy calls the greatest. I don't know if I said that. Disengage.